All right, and we are live. Hey guys, how are you doing? Welcome to the Super Post Podcast, where we talk about things DC, Marvel, and Star Wars. Guys, today we have someone very special for you guys. I I I should have put him like in the dark, and then I should have like brought him in to give like the crazy like entrance. So I'm sorry, but guys, we are joined by the legendary Taylor Murphy from the Culture Nerd. Bro, how are you doing, man? What is up? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, actually. Um, going to school, working, got kids, you know, living the life. <laughs> so. Awesome, bro. And obviously, we are joined by the usual comments cuts. What's up, brother? How are you? What's up, man? Uh, happy to be here. We got a good topic today. Uh, Taylor, just wanted a shout out. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, you're the first guest we've had. So, you know, we, we feel pretty awesome that we got a big name like yourself to come on. We appreciate it. And uh, I think they get, you know, the listeners are going to really enjoy him and his perspective that he has on things. You know, we talk from time to time and uh, I, I always appreciate your opinion. So cool to have you on. Well, thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much, man. So before we get into the rankings really fast, because we've been having this like debate with a bunch of people. Did you like? Did you like Ant Man? Which one? Quantum <laughs> I, I, I love the first one because it's got it's quirky and it's fun and it is a heist movie. Um, second one, not my bag. Third one, very rushed, very problematic, and you can kind of tell that it was uh, the product of a short deadline with a very tech, a very crunch of work so um it felt like a lot of good ideas were either cut out of the editing room or just left on the uh the drawing board so mm. so so how do you feel about like the mcu right now like as a whole like do you like do you like the road that they're going down or i <clears throat> i like the mcu i think a lot of people who think that i'm a diehard dc fan forget that i i do love the mcu and i do see all the movies and um my my top 10 is very is slightly different than everyone else's typically because um most people put the first thor movie at like the bottom of their list and the first first thor movie to me is like my top three like i love it to death um it's to me it's the best of the thor movies except for infinity war which is 100 percent a thor movie so <laughs> but, um but in terms of the mcu as a whole i think the late the last phase that we had phase four was very clustered it was very kind of all over the place and it really felt like they were um in kind of this vacuum because the loss of iron man the loss of captain america they had to like let's fix the the roster let's just throw in as many characters as we possibly can and and some of the projects were pretty fantastic but at the same time it really felt aimless and that was a big issue that i had with it was that you had oh you have miss marvel you have you have uh moon knight you have she hulk and where do these projects fit into the grand scheme of things they, they will definitely fit in later on but there was almost like, like with the first Marvel phase one, it was here's the, the main roster and here's the payoff at the Avengers at the end of the phase. And phase four just felt like it was, we're going to just build it as big as we can so that phase five actually makes sense. And it just felt like kind of disjointed because I personally loved Moon Knight, but I don't see Moon Knight fitting in, even in Secret Wars. I don't see it happening because I think Moon Knight is just kind of his own corner. And unless they're going to go this route where they, they end up making that long rumored Midnight Suns movie uh, miniseries where it's like Punisher, Daredevil, uh, Moon Knight, and all those characters. If that's a real thing, that makes sense. I want that because 
I mean, we've already got all the pieces. All the rumored pieces were uh, Punisher, which is now back. We had uh, Werewolf by Night, which has his own mini his mini event movie, and Moon Knight. And there's supposed to be a couple others that haven't popped up yet. But uh, if they do, then I'm all for it. But even mm-hmm. then, like, how do the Midnight Suns fit into the Secret Wars? Unless they're just going to randomly show up in that movie and be like, oh, cool, they're there, you know? So to me, the Marvel, the latest phase of Marvel, it's been very disjointed. And I love the multiverse stuff, but I feel like they were trying to bolster their ranks before they explain what the story actually is. 100%. 100% agree. And like <clears throat> now, now apparently they're, apparently the whole Captain Marvel thing has me tripping out now because apparently secret wars might be getting moved to like 2027 or 2028 and so now they're taking out all of these kind of uh hints that we're going to hint towards king the congress so i'm not gonna lie bro i'm like a little confused about what the mcu was going to be uh doing these next three or four years i heard that rumor too but everyone i've spoke to behind the scenes um has said that that secret wars news about it being pushed like four years is is not true um good okay because uh, like everyone I've talked to, like there was uh, my time to shine. Um, Daniel RPK, I, I reached out to Daniel. Mm-hmm. He he said no, that's not a thing. It's not going to jump back that many years. Um, if anything, it'll be pushed back six months at most. So oh, good. that's okay. about it. I yeah, so. you know sorry. Go ahead. I was I was, I was just going to say you know when first of all when Kevin Feige made that whole announcement and was walking through the timeline, um, as exciting as it was, you know my. I had some initial thoughts about uh, the fact that they were talking about doing, um, I think it was either six months or a year apart between Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. And I, you know, I, from, I was just like, if it's six months, I don't see that happening. But I do think that they want it to come out within a year. I think that, you know, like, and I've mentioned this before on the show, like, when Infinity War came out and then a year later Endgame came out, like I remember a lot of people that never watched a Marvel movie, like that hype from having those two come out one year apart, got a lot of people to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to check out this whole Marvel thing. What's this hype about? And then they watched the whole thing, uh, you know, front to back and became big, uh, big Marvel fans. Um, so, you know, I like, but I just think six months is, way too close and it was easy to say that when 2025 is far out and they need to build some hype right now with you know because listen there are casual mcu fans that like you know are like you know what i'm not gonna go see the marvel movies in theaters anymore anymore they're not really doing it for me right now um you know so i i think that there was a lot riding on that timeline announcement and Kevin Feige wanted to put, you know, some hope and faith back into some fans that have been disappointed. Oh, 100%. And to me, it reminded me a lot, like maybe it's something that you guys don't remember because you're probably just too young. But back in 2003, when I was in high school, uh, the Matrix movies had Matrix 2 and Matrix 3 six months apart. I think it was in May, Reloaded came out. And then like November, Revelations came out. And that was a huge deal because that was the first time that you saw a movie that was filmed back to back that also pumped out two massive movies in one year. Um, I think that's what Marvel was trying to go for, but at the same time, 
as we saw with this latest phase, Wakanda Forever was was good in its own regard, but I also felt it was very lacking because you had the loss of Chadwick and then them having to rewrite the whole movie and then still maintain that same release date. So it felt like they were really under the, the clock there. And same thing with uh, what we had with the new Ant-Man where they said that the special effects suffered because they diverted members over to Wakanda forever. If you have this many movies happening this fast in this succession, you're going to run into that same issue where Secret Wars may not look as good as King Dynasty or King Dynasty may not look good as Secret Wars or any of the other movies in between may not look because they either are going to bolster their ranks and just get as many artists working on it or it's just going to it's going to suffer. And I felt like they were running they were putting too much too quickly and they did need to breathe it out a little bit more. I agree. Oh, that's a really good point. I agree. Yeah, I I am <clears throat> I'm very interested to see what the next move because it does I mean Feige did say that they are going to, you know, like slow down. So very interested to see like what I'm very interested to see what these next films are going to point to in regards to King the uh, Conqueror, because I mean, and this and this will be my last point before we get into the uh, our rankings. One of the, the things that phase that it kind of felt like in in uh, phase four is that it felt like there were a lot of times where you could have introduced different versions of Kang in Phase 4, and they just weren't at all. Like, the whole time, bro, I thought that Rama Tut was going to be in Moon Knight because, it's, you know, because obviously the whole, like, Egyptian thing, and then we just get no parts of that at all. And then, and then like, we even get to see someone like Bast and Thor, but then we don't see Bast in Black Panther. Yeah, and, and it just, it, it just kind of felt like they were just throwing out a bunch of cool ideas, but they weren't following through with any of them and then at the end of ant-man we get rama tud and you know obviously all of uh all of the, the, the other kings <laughs> so yeah it was just it's just you know it's just been weird how they how a lot of things have been coming together and like the one thing that's not also helping is jeff his loveness keeps running his mouth <laughs> every interview and um and i don't know if he's like trolling or not but like it's but like um I do kind of miss where, like, when we were going through the Avengers stuff, no, like, none of the people in Marvel were really talking that much. You know what I mean? And so, um, I like as much as I love leaks and I do cover leaks a lot. I do kind of miss the mystery that Marvel kind of used to have, and um, I hope that you know that with all these reshoots happening and all, the, and 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 with the, the Marvels being pushed back and all of these other projects we get some really nice surprises that we really didn't see coming at all. But I have faith still, you know. I ride uh, I ride the Marvel train forever. <laughs> um, who just, somebody just commented, we need Rama Tut and Moon Knight Season 2, though. Do it, we, though? I mean, Moon Knight Season yeah. 2, I mean, we know what's happening, obviously. It's like, it's, it is, it's there. <laughs> but my, my, my stance has always been the fact that we have the front and center side of what we got in that, that post credit stinger with the, uh, was it Jacob? I think it was. Yep. Yeah. We have that persona now taking over and we have, uh, obviously the, uh, the God basically using him as a, as a, like a limo driver. <laughs> like it's right, kind of right. amazing. I think, I think we've got some really cool ground to cover and I think some weird stuff. And I, my, I loved moon Knight for what it was. Um, but I also grew up reading Moon Knight, and Moon Knight was essentially a crazy Batman. So I missed having like a Moon Knight that had his own Batcave and the flying plane thing. And 
I was like, this is pretty cool, but I like the, what they did with it. But I also kind of want to see like Jacob having this, oh, by the way, I have this compound because I'm operating yeah. out of it. Like I would love something like that. Just a nod to the comics yeah. would be really cool. Yeah. I got a lot agree. of ground to cover. I agree. I agree. All right. So guys, we are so this episode is really about um we are ranking all of our Marvel Studios movies from really we obviously there's so many films that we will be doing this, this podcast for almost 3 hours if, if if we were to rank every Marvel Studios project. Comic Cuts and I already tried that and that episode was super long. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and I think we only did like phase 4. <laughs> like it was it was crazy. Yeah. So um we are just ranking our top 10 MCU films. So the way that this is going to go, guys, is that we are going to start at 10 and we are going to work our the way down. So really just give your movie, explain why, and then we can either, you know, de debate or ask why, etc. All right. So Comic Cuts, we are going to start with you. What is your 10th favorite MCU film? So I actually put uh, Black Panther. Um, you know, listen... Uh, it for, for the second I started this list, I was wondering if Black Panther was going to make the cut. Uh, I almost didn't want it on the list because I'm still so disappointed that they didn't recast T'Challa. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of like kills me that they had such a great character, or such a great movie, and then they were like, you know what, we're not going to recast them and we're going to put out Wakanda forever. But having said that, you know, I think that the, when you watch Black Panther, like, it was incredible, you know, the way they, you know, put Wakanda on screen, the way they world built with Wakanda and all the characters in the kingdom, you know, that still have such a presence through every Marvel project that they're in, um, you know, even in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and in Infinity War, you know, um, it was just amazing. And obviously Chadwick absolutely crushed that role. I think that was one of the best castings that, you know, Marvel has had period. Um, you know, so it, it, it's hard to do a top 10 list and not have black Panther on it, which is why I, I couldn't, you know, I, I literally, you know, I tried to think of what else could go in the 10th spot above black Panther uh, and I just couldn't. So, you know, well-deserving, you know, if I, you know, spent more time with it, maybe it would have moved up a little bit further on the list. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think I could have ranked it above the other movies that I have. Uh, but nonetheless, definitely one of my favorite Marvel movies. Love rewatching it every time. Uh, and that's why it took the 10 for me. All right. Taylor. So my number 10 is actually Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, I know it's kind of a controversial one for a lot of people because a lot of phase one wasn't the best for people unless they physically saw it in theaters when it was first debuting. And I think to me, uh, the first Avenger was, was absolutely just fantastic. Back in 2011, when I first saw it, my wife and I had just gotten married and it was one of the first movies we saw together. Um, and the to me, it was Joe Johnston made this movie. And Joe Johnson was known for his work on like the Rocketeer on uh, the Jurassic Park movies. And he had this adventure style to this movie that you don't really get anymore, especially with the Marvel and the MCU as a whole. To me, this one felt like it was a period piece. 
but it was also had that fantastical nature to it. When the moments start up in Norway and you have the Red Skull popping through the doors in this giant behemoth of a vehicle, things like that, like it felt unique. And especially during the time of when this movie came out, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And you don't get MCU movies that have that vibe anymore. And I, I always, I always love it. And I, I can still rewatch it and be happy with it. And Hugo Weaving is just such a, such a perfect villain. Like just no remorse. Just I'm just pure evil, and I hate everybody. The world's gonna burn. You don't get villains like that because a lot of the MCU, you have all these redeeming villains, and this was the first time you got a villain that's literally pure evil. Like he's a Nazi who thinks the Nazis are soft, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. So. It's hard to not think this movie is is absolutely fantastic, dude. I'm definitely rewatching that tonight, <laughs> like for sure. And like a lot of people, and and a lot of people don't don't talk about it, but dude, that is one of the most perfectly paced films ever. It is like the pacing yeah. is like I mean, it goes slow when it needs to go slow, and when it needs to go fast, it goes fast, bro. I mean, it's the pacing is top tier in that film. Oh my goodness. And it oh, was full of so much um, foreshadowing and just just pure prime early Marvel stuff. Like the only issues that I ever had with this movie as a whole was just some of the CGI isn't the best. That was right. the only issue I had with it because there's a couple parts even near the end where like they get in the car to catch the other plane, and I'm like, wow, the CGI really sucks in this scene. <laughs> but aside from that, if you can put yourself past that, there's so many great moments like on the train where Bucky picks up the shield and starts charging that guy. Oh like, yeah. It's like, this is fantastic. And there's Easter eggs everywhere. Like the fact that Red Skull's power batteries make the same sound as Iron Man's blast. You're like, wow, it's okay, so that's what he did. That's what this unknown element is. It's actually derived from the cube. Like, mm-hmm. right. Iron Man is powered by energy from a cosmic cube. Like, this is fantastic. Yeah. Like, it, there's so many of these cool little Easter eggs. Um, and then they obviously revisited them, like, Bucky was experimented on. He's a super soldier. So you had that scene where he's all hooked up and you see all the stuff in the background or even the scene with Zola picking up all of his papers and there's a literal blueprint of Zola's TV body. Yeah, Right, right, right. I love this. This movie, it's so much fun. Especially as a comic fan, it was just, it was cool. And the the suit itself is is a World War II era jumpsuit. Like it's a flight suit so you can have, you can parachute with it. It's got the straps for parachuting. Mm-hmm. It's actually practical. <laughs> so the suit looks fantastic. great. Yeah, I saw it in theaters too. By the way, it's a cool movie. Yeah. yeah, great movie, bro. Oh my gosh, dude! I was I was so young. Honestly, I don't think I appreciated it until I turned like seventeen. Yeah, honestly, because when that came out, what was that? Two thousand and nine, two thousand ten, eleven, two thousand eleven. Yeah, so I, yeah, dude. So I was twelve. So like, I mean, I oh, was just hyped to see it, but I didn't really. Yes, dude. So I, I didn't appreciate it till like I was freaking like seventeen. Okay, so my number 10 is Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, so it's actually h- hilarious because I, I, I was talking to some of my friends about this one, and I was telling them that this is probably my, like, I like this movie more than No, no Way Home, and, and a lot of my friends thought that I was crazy. Um, I'll be honest, like coming, like, coming off of, you know, the Andrew and the Toby stuff, when Spider-Man was first introduced in the Civil War, I hated it. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was not sold on Tom Holland uh at first, nor the way he was like in in introduced into the MCU at first. And it was because it kind of felt like <clears throat> um Tom Holland's uh Spider-Man was just 
given everything with like no effort. You know, Tony built everything yeah. for him. And when I watched Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm literally watching this guy like become Spider-Man. Like he's becoming yeah. kind of sort of uh, his own man. And, <clears throat> you know, one of the, and one of the, you know, biggest parts of me, I mean, I even got like e emotional watching this when, when I first saw it was when Tony took everything away and he still went after a vulture in that pajama suit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, you yeah. know, I mean, and, and, you know, just seeing like uh, Zendaya Coleman as like the MJ, you know, I, I used to watch her on Shake It Up on freaking Disney, bro. I mean, you know, and so and kind of just seeing, you know, um, all of kind of everything come together, you know, it was uh, very dope. And I also ended up liking Iron Man's role in the film playing kind of the uh, father figure in this because – I'm not gonna lie. I was not trying to see Uncle Ben get clapped again. I was like, we've already seen this twice, like you know. So you know, kind of uh, seeing Tony like kind of uh, step into that role, it actually fit the story perfectly. And yeah. and you know, it's definitely very different than what we read in a in a comic book. But to fit the MCU, it was the most perfect fit fit ever. And you know, and kind of seeing how that grows, you know, as we go on to see other Avengers films stuff like that. But yeah, man, that's why I love it. I really do think that with the whole like MCU Spider-Man trilogy, they really did a good job of number one, showing Peter Parker's sacrifice. Like every single one of those movies, he has major sacrifices that he has to make and they really mature him through the trilogy really quickly. And also like, you know, I just think that like the whole, it really does feel like a modern Spider-Man comic, like straight out of uh, one of Dan Slott's runs. So I, I really, I, I love the trilogy. Um, you know, I, I have some Spider-Man on my list as well. And, you know, I think Tom Holland really did kill the role. I just hope he doesn't take too many roles like uncharted because i don't want his reputation to become you know like somewhat reminiscent of nick cage and then it hurt his you know like uh his spider-man portrayal in some people's eyes because i think that might happen i i liked homecoming um it's not on my list but it's 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 up there um to me my gripe with homecoming has always been just the the duality of peter parker's spider-man and how he fit into the MCU. Um, there was an interview actually with Andrew Garfield about the amazing Spider-Man films and the potential of bringing Garfield into the MCU. And he said that of all the Avengers, the only character that Spider-Man would be friends with is Captain America. And he would find Iron Man being over the top and pretty much the physical embodiment of everything that he's not. That's and so funny. I loved that explanation because the, he understood the characters. He understood all of that. And basically Iron Man is like a good guy version of his arch nemesis. Right. So right. I, I saw his explanation of it. And then I saw what they did with the MCU and they were like, Oh, he's going to be essentially Iron Man jr. He's going to just be like, always like wanting to be Tony. Tony's his idol. And I'm like, ah, that's a, it's as a longtime comic fan. That's kind of a, kind of a betrayal to the characterization because Peter was always struggling, and then he has this benefactor who comes in and just kind of here's the suit, here's all this cool stuff, here's all this stuff, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll sit through it. And Homecoming did a good job of fixing a lot of that for me, especially with taking the suit away halfway through, and yeah, and all of that. Like that was good. Far from Home was a step backwards, but to me, No Way Home is is my one of my top ten movies just because of 
my love for the other two Spider-Mans and it was just exactly what I needed it. But in terms of home, uh, homecoming was to me, it was a very, it was weird because the first appearance we saw of Holland in civil war felt like a different Spider-Man than what we saw in homecoming and yeah, and agreed. So agreed. I, I liked what they did with it, but I also felt like there was some kind of a weird shakeup in continuity. So that's why it's not higher on my list. Like obviously yeah. he has a different room now. He's got a different apartment. He's got a bunk bed for some reason. Like I didn't understand how that was a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, why is his? Out right. of the course of six months, like his whole life has moved around, and it looks like he's lived in this one for a while. So this is weird. It just felt like continuity wise, it was a little weird. Do you think I agree. that the next trilogy of Spider-Man is going to be more grounded? Do you think he's going to team up with the Fantastic Four and they're kind of fill the Iron Man? It role has and... to be right. I mean, I at the so end too. of No Way Home, he's he's essentially high school dropout getting his GED. He's going to be probably working for the Daily Planet trying to make his rent. His suit is 100% homemade now because yeah. the tech in the other suit doesn't recognize him anymore. Like, there's so <laughs> many so many things about yeah. it that I'm like, this is the Spider-Man I was waiting for. We got three movies yep. that turned into an origin. Now we're getting comic book Spider-Man. But then back right. to my, my biggest issue with Homecoming and the the new trilogy as a whole was it felt like Peter Parker was based more on Miles Morales as a character from the comics than he was actually Peter Parker because interesting point. everything on the first set of the ultimate Spider-Man comics with Miles in it, that's what we had here. Like you yep. had uh, Ned being the guy in the chair that didn't exist ever in the comics, except for Miles having his guy in the chair. Yep. Just renamed all the sub they just renamed all the secondary characters for this movie and they gave them names of comic book characters from Peter's world, not Miles's world. It was like, right. I know this story, but this is Miles' story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. really yeah. good point. And that's why I don't want, and, and like, I would love, and I mean, this might be a reach. For, I, I don't know if they, they would do it because of like how much capital those three draw. I would love if Ned and MJ set out the first two films and let Peter. And I would love for Peter to befriend two new people, maybe Harry Osborn. I think that would be awesome yeah. if we got Harry Osborn. Introduce yeah. Harry, and Gren, Harry and Gwen. Introduce those 100%. two. And then uh, have him go through community college with Harry and Gwen. And then Gwen dies. And then MJ comes back into his life. Boom. There you go. Dude, that was really awesome. that trilogy. And then give us three more movies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> keep it going. Keep it going. I do think I do think the Fantastic Four Spider-Man team up is inevitable. Um, you know, and I also think, and I've said this before, like I really am curious to see what they're gonna do with Fantastic Four, just because you know they they're saying it's gonna be different. I'm sure they know it has to be different because they've never had a you know, successful Fantastic Four movie yet. And there's just so much Spider-Man and Fantastic Four teaming up in the comics. Um, but like, I, and I think it might help the Fantastic Four movie, but I don't think it would help the what real fans want to see from Spider-Man. I mean, it'd be a little fun to see the amazing Bagman on, on screen for like at least five minutes. That would yeah. be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious. All right. All right, guys, so we are at number nine. So, Taylor, we're going to start with you, bro. What is your number nine? My number nine is actually Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame. It's not higher in my list for just because of the fact that I love all these other films, but Endgame to me 
um, aside from its myriad of plot devices and continuity head scratcher moments, it was a lot of fun. And it was also, um, it was a movie that really showed us the stakes. Aside from the fact that there was some weird, like I said, plot stuff and head scratchy stuff, because if you you play with time travel and then you take villains out of that timeline and then kill them in your timeline, that means there's a timeline where they never existed. So why aren't we following that timeline now? Because that timeline right. sounds working. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I had some headaches with that movie, but I also I really loved just so many of those moments in that movie where the heroes got to be the heroes and there was a lot of breathing room. There's a lot of fun stuff. Didn't really care much for fat Thor or, or bro Thor, whatever they called him. I thought that was very hokey, but I did really love when he got, uh, when he powered up again and his, he had that like the awesome Viking look with the braids and everything. I'm like, Oh, that's super cool. But the, it's really hard to, to not acknowledge the fact that Captain America picked up that hammer and just, went nuts it was so cool to see so that's my number nine all right yo by the way that moment is forever stamped as probably like a top three greatest moment in mc history when that hammer goes in the air you know right where it's going you know where it's going as soon as thor's laying down the axe is coming you see the hammer lift up i'm like cats america (laughs) so i'm getting excited oh my gosh in theaters everybody just yelled oh Oh my gosh, that, what a, a, that is that a moment a, to remember. It's still so oh cool God. rewatching it. Like, it's crazy, you know. And, and when Thor says, I knew he could do it. Yeah. Oh, man. That's bringing back. Bring back. I'm, I'm reminiscing over here. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Comic cuts. <laughs> oh, I feel like it's kind of boring because we just went over this one, but I put Homecoming, Iron Man <laughs> Homecoming, you know. For yeah. well, we don't have to talk reason. about it. So we all just give us your sense yeah. and we can just go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, we'll we'll just skip it. I I gave my piece on it. We all gave our piece on it. Uh, so Stevie, what do you got? All right, so my tenth. Oh, sorry. So my so my ninth is Avengers one. Um, I honestly is I don't. It, it isn't because it's bad or anything. It's just the other films I just love so so much. I had a hard yeah. time kind of putting other. Um, I think that I believe that uh. A, Avengers 1 is like obviously kind of the start of the crazy run that they went on at, like afterwards. Um, but Loki, <laughs> freaking Loki, um, to see someone that I kind of saw as a B list character make himself into this like A list freaking Lex Luthor, like a mythical Lex Luthor character. Had me going crazy. Um, and there and like the way that Loki commanded on the screen was just something that I really have n- never seen from from a bad guy um on screen since like at well, since I'd like I don't even know, you know. Um, but also seeing the Avengers um just like sit and like interact because before that, you know, I mean I I like I grew up watching, you know, Christopher Reeves, uh, Michael, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman, and like, you know, one of my dreams was like to see them actually like 
interact and talk. So seeing like a bunch of heroes in one universe interact and talk, it was kind of like shell shocking for me. And I was kind of in awe. And having Samuel Jackson play Nick Fury is one of the most perfect castings in superhero history that doesn't get talked about enough. He is perfect. By the way, do you know that in the first Ultimate series, when Nick Fury is talking about who he would want to play him, he says Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. It's amazing. It went in a very roundabout way because when they first did uh, the Ultimates, uh, they based the character off of Sam Jackson. They made the reference of who should play me in a movie. It should be Sam Jackson. And then when they got to the point of making Iron Man, they're like, hey, Sam Jackson. (laughs) Right. Perfect. That is crazy. It does look exactly. I mean, in the comics, it's Samuel L. Jackson. And that came out in like the, I think like 2002 or 2004. I was in high school. Uh, let me see when they first because then when they first put him out his character didn't really look like it because they first introduced him in a i think one of the x-men comics oh okay um, but after it was like they he just looked like a, like but as soon as they put him in in the ultimates he was based on sam jackson it was like like ultimate nick fury was always black but the first appearance wasn't quite him he looked more like wesley snipes but then they like second appearance on he was sam jackson 100 percent yeah, right. I never read the L- Ultimate X Men, so I wouldn't know from that. But oh, they're know, so when... good; like they're really cool. I, yeah, I think they Marvel do look should, cool. I think Marvel should base the comics, the movies, off of that if they want to do something different than what Fox did. Mm-hmm. Right, smart, smart play. Yeah, yeah but yeah, so like you know, I mean, like Avengers. Actually, I'm pretty sure it came out on my uh, birthday as well. So I mean, like that that movie for me was just a freaking like staple in, um, just the start of the quality i actually thought thanos was going to be in that that film to be honest um so i was a little like when i was a kid like i was kind of upset <laughs> that thanos didn't like pop up in the film but you know the 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 hinting so like avengers gave us so much but also offered so much you know and just seeing like hawkeye suit up i never thought that i would see hawkeye wear purple and we got to see hawkeye in purple it was just like and and a lot of people don't talk about Captain America suit. A lot of people roast that suit. That is one of my favorite Captain America suits ever. I'm not going to lie. And also that Coulson line when he's like, you know, I, I think I forget the exact line, but I think I think traditional is what people need right now. Like, and you know, Coulson just being like a diehard Captain America fan was awesome. And yes. you know, it was sad when he died, but like it gave that movie so much heart and. I think that it also set up the like, uh, you know, a major like benchmark for the Avengers movies, like the battle scene at the end when Iron Man, you know, flew into the wormhole uh, and, you know, also pat himself on the back for it in Age of Ultron. But like, you know, that battle scene was amazing. And when that movie came out, like it was like it was like nothing anyone's ever seen before, um, you know, so, yeah. It's that it's on my list too, but yeah, exactly. And like this might and this might sound dumb, but like Superhero Squad, you know, like to me, like that's that's one of the most hilarious shows I've ever watched in my life. And to and the hella uh carrier that was one of like my favorite things, like in the freaking show. And like when we got and like when I and like when uh like because don't you know how like Cap was like uh while walking on and, and then it just like flies in the air i actually bust out laughing like during that scene because it just reminded me of like just superhero squad and that show so yeah that this movie is freaking amazing okay all right so 
let's get to number eight. Okay, number eight. We are getting thin. Okay, we're going to start with comic cuts. What is your number eight, homie? Well, I'm glad no one's said it yet, but uh, Guardians, <laughs> <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that movie. Uh, you know, I thought that, you know, first of all, when the MCU does something that's like in space, I feel like they crush it every time. Um, you know, like I didn't know much about the Guardians of the Galaxy when that movie came out. Um, and, you know, I absolutely loved it. I also really loved the second one. It was hard for me to not put the second one on here, um, you know, but, uh, you know, like, you know, Star-Lord, uh, Drax, Rocket, like just the chemistry between them um, was like nothing else. And, uh, you know, I thought Ronin was great. I wish that, they, you know, there's sometimes my one complaint, though, about like the that movie. And I it's not an uncommon issue I have with the MCU. Sometimes I think they kill off really good villains when they could have done more with them. And I think that that was the one issue I had with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and, uh, you know, but like just seeing that team come together, you know, learning about like Nova Corps, just it was awesome. Yeah, the Guardians is actually in my top four. Um, so it's definitely a movie that I love. I love the soundtrack. I love the, the way the music helps tell the story, too. I thought that was such a cool touch. Great point. Um, one of the things that I really like about James Gunn as a director is the fact that he he uses his music to also convey emotions. And it's not just like it's not like how it was with Iron Man, where like you just get pumped up because there's ACDC playing like right, song right. <laughs> selected specifically to help tell that story. And that's where I thought was such a fantastic way of, of adding more subtext. Um and like you said, yes, uh losing Ronan as quickly as we did, that sucked. Uh seeing him again. A couple more times the MCU was it's all right, but I thought that version of Ronan should have kept going around because that was a that was the the extremist Ronan, the violent Ronan. It was also one of the first times the MCU where you actually had a villain kill someone so mercilessly, like with the hammer, and then just yeah. draining his blood into the thing. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is this is badass. Cool. Yeah, um, it was it was very unique. Um, I I love that movie to pieces. Um, Same. Same, bro. Guardians is, is a great film. I mean, like James James Gunn is just not afraid to give you something very colorful and very different from what we from what we have seen. And like, just to think that he he took a superhero group that a lot of people didn't really know about. You know, like a lot of like just regular casual Marvel fans didn't know about them. And James Gunn introduced this group of this group of heroes in the most perfect way ever. You know, and I mean. And not to even talk about, I mean, the castings that, that are just spot on with, with with Zoe and Chris Pratt and Dave. I mean, great, great film. So Yeah. By the way, about the music, it's funny because I love the music in that movie so much. And when, you know, I was riding home from the movies, I put, I, I forget what the song was, but it was the first song, you know, when Star-Lord's dancing. Come and get your love. Yeah. Yeah. I read and it was That's my fucking ringtone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great ringtone. Yeah, it's my ringtone. It was good, but it didn't hit the same as it did when it was in the movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Even though the, was, the movie was fantastic, and I also yeah. loved how they brought it back in, in uh, it's an Endgame that they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> when, <laughs> seeing it from the other side, where he's just singing awkwardly right. to himself, and they were just like, "What an idiot!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh gosh. What a funny scene. Okay. <laughs> All right, Taylor, what is your number eight, bro? My number eight um, is actually Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I I felt like for a lot of the time for the, the MCU Spider-Man, it, it was like very much kid gloves for a lot of his stuff. Like, especially with the previous one. Like uh, Spider-Man Homecoming was great. Um, but the, I mean, it felt like a lot of the movie was setting up something bigger, you know, and they had the, the Scorpion cameo. They had the, the vulture. They both get captured. Uh, but, and then the second one, I, I don't know. I felt they did. They just grossly misused uh, Mysterio. Mysterio. And it, and it also felt like that movie was like, Oh look, another villain who hates Tony Stark. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Right. But when No Way Home came about and you had like, let's crack open the multiverse because Spider-Man is being selfish. Like that, that is probably, I thought that was pretty fun. Um, and I loved seeing all the other villains come back. I love seeing the other Spider-Man. Like that was, was just absolutely fantastic, but they didn't even like pull any punches. The, the death scene with Aunt May was like, this is, this is finally so like the studio finally treating Spider-Man correctly. Right. I'm ready for, I'm ready for this Spider-Man to like Spider-Man needed in the comics. He's mopey. He's whiny, whatever you you can say what you want. But the reason he's like that is because everything in his life is crap. And being Spider-Man is the best part. And that's because he also has that responsibility because of all the damage that has happened in his life. Like this was the first time that Spider-Man felt like, okay, Tony's gone. No more, no more back, no more person there. Okay, Happy doesn't remember him. Okay, that sucks. Uh, Aunt May is dead. But he met two other Spider-Man who showed him, like, hey, don't fall into our pitfalls. But, like, there was so much about that movie, especially the second half, that I just, like, here is Spider-Man that he should have been the entire time he was in the MCU. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I love that movie. Um, I, I, you know, do wish that there were some villains from Tom Holland's Spider-Man universe in it. Uh, that was my one complaint, but like whenever I watch that movie, like it's a haymaker of an MCU movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it goes really deep. Uh, you know, again, like big sacrifice for Peter, um, you know, but I also want to call something out on far from home. Like I, you know, I liked it when I saw it in the theaters, but like when I rewatch it, there's just, just not enough spider-man in it like you know yeah. he didn't even like put on the suit to like the end of the movie um and so you know but you know i think no way home was huge like you said being selfish with becoming um you know he was being selfish with being spider-man and that's why they opened up the multiverse going through the mirror dimension with you know dr strange uh and you know kind of introducing everyone to like how crazy the multiverse could be um and i and don't get me wrong i think everyone loved no way home but i also think like if phase four was a little more tied together i think no way home would get even more praise from the fans um yeah so phase four you had two movies that were about the multiverse and apparently that's what the the whole point is right it's like right a little bit more cohesion everybody exactly (laughs) a little bit more agreed bro so this is a funny situation because we have the same number eight. <laughs> my number eight, yeah, my my number eight is also uh, 
No Way Home. Obviously, we get we get a super deep story, and obviously we get you know Toby and etc. My gripe though is that it really did feel like, and um, I was and I actually re we, we actually uh so so uh Taylor, we um when we reviewed Ant Man, we got bombarded by another person that we know who flipped out about the ant-man film and then um we ended up having a convo about spider-man no way home and he was saying how bad the first kind of two acts of the like how bad the first two acts were or how, and i, I don't want to say it's bad but when you know that toby and them are coming it is kind of slow you know and yeah. um the the pacing and like what is happening in the film isn't bad but the pacing of it to me is just god awful and terrible um but i will say uh this gate this gave me this was the my most favorite spider-man music of, of all time the music that is played when aunt may dies and it kind of feels like your ears are caving in like the way like just the way that the music is like don't, don't you know how like um yeah. if if you're like watching a uh like a a uh film in the army and like and like if a grenade goes off, you can hear their ears, their ears get like muffed. It kind of gave that feel, that same feel when his aunt may die, like everything zoning in on him and the, like his emotions. Um, I also loved how violent this was because Spider-Man is supposed to get his butt beat. And he got, I mean, oh man, the Defoe gave him the work, you know what I mean? And yeah, um, the hallway fight scene with him and Defoe woo! going through the floor. Bro, that was that crazy. Was cool. And Crazy. I love that, that Tom Holland specifically requested that they incorporate some of the movements from the Spider-Man PS4 game to make Spider-Man seem more agile and more, more violent. And I was like, yes. perfect. Let's do yeah. this. Yeah. Yes. I also love when I also love the way Aunt May dies. I love that we don't clearly see that that Aunt May was was like stabbed by his uh glider. It just kind of oh, yeah. looks like he just knocked her over. And and you know a lot of fans didn't uh like that, but I love that idea. And then the ending, I mean, when Peter just gets angry and rageful, and legit beats the snot out of Green Goblin, and then of course, Toby Maguire Spider Man is the one that stops him because he's been down that road of rage and knows how it feels. I, I thought I, I thought it was I thought it was uh that was that was perfect but um jerry i do agree that i do i wanted mysterio to be in this um i i thought that he was going to kind of play a bigger part in this film like i thought he was going to be a part of this whole sabotaging um spider-man so i was kind of a little upset because i thought that mysterio was like the only good thing that came out of um far uh, from home and out and I was and i was kind of theorizing that we were going to get a variant that is the actual comic book version of Mysterio, not the freaking right, hologram right. one. So right, that was a little right, right. A letdown for me, but yeah, man. Yeah. Number eight. All right, fellas, fellas, fellas. We are at number seven. Surprise me. Uh, let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. All right. Uh, comic cuts. What is your number seven? <laughs> no way home. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven is actually the first Avengers movie. So I don't, <laughs> unless you have something different, we've already talked about both of these. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't. Well, I don't know what Stevie's got. Stevie, what do, you, do you have anything different? Thor: Dark World. <laughs> you know, I respect dark putting Dark World in the top ten. I really do. 
And I, and I know we didn't get to it yet, and you said it's at the top of your list, but I also love the first Thor. I think the first two Thor are better than three and four. Yes, I love Thor My, Dark World. I like it a lot. I do. I thought the, the inclusion of uh, the Dark Elves was such a fun way, especially that whole fight um, just near the end of the movie. I thought it was, was really cool. Um, my biggest gripe with that movie as a whole was how different um, the world looked from the first movie to the second movie. Yeah, yeah. Like Asgard, like, yeah, they, they fleshed it out more, but it felt like in the first movie, Asgard was essentially right. like heaven, and the second movie was like, okay, Asgard's a little bit more grimy too. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I can get behind this, I guess. But um, I also, I didn't really care. The only... That aspect and just uh, as Odin himself, I did not like how in the first movie he was like proud of his son for finding love. And in the second movie, he's like, she's a human. Get her out of here. I'm like, Odin, no, you were so happy for him last <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, like, yeah. what are you doing? Right, right. So, he so other than that, I, I really liked it a lot. The, the humor was still there. It was a lot of fun. But yeah. So, like, uh, so bro, like I am – so like we are so we are like the opposite because i didn't like the fact that asgard was so empty i wasn't really a big fan of that like there were just no people like 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 in like in uh in a thor one it felt like a too good to be true and maybe like to and maybe that's how asgard was supposed to feel but i kind of liked like the idea that we had more people in asgard and that it was you know like some dirty areas, I guess, you know, that you can yeah, say. No. Uh, I mean, we definitely had a lot of people. Like, in, in the first movie, if you're watching it, like, I guess on a big enough screen, maybe it's just the fact of how it was done, but I'll talk about it more later. Mm -hmm. um, the throne room that they used in the second movie um, was a different throne room and the third movie. Each, each movie had a different throne room, apparently. Yeah. Like, I guess Asgard just has a bunch of uh, throne rooms. <laughs> but um, <laughs> in that first scene in when he's uh, walking down with all those people, uh, you see that this throne room is essentially uh, kind of like part of this like open pavilion. And let me find you a picture because this is the, uh, yeah, here we go. I'm just going to throw it up so you can, uh, you can bring it up. But in that scene, if you actually watch it and notice, there are a ton of people there. But I guess maybe just the way the camera was at, framing it all there's it looks like there's less people than the second movie but there was like from the, the longer shots the wider shots there was like cities worth of people scattered yeah. in the background so i think it was just the way they filmed that first movie that just felt like yeah it was a little empty but it's also most of the movie spent inside the castle True. so that's why it was I'm like okay yeah there wouldn't be random civilians walking around the throne room like makes sense but I definitely know what you mean by like showing the the training areas, showing the the lower cities, things like that. Like it made more sense to make Asgard feel lived in than feeling like uh, like it did in the first movie. I get that. Yeah, I agree. I, I was going to show the throne room really quick before we yeah. switch up. And guys, that is the throne room. Yeah, if you look in the outer corners on each side, there are still hundreds and thousands of people outside of the main pavilion oh yeah if you look over here true yeah so and especially if you look at the the scene leading up to this one where he's walking down there's just people everywhere but it's mm -hmm. really like blinking you miss it kind of a shot so they, they didn't do a good job showing how many people were in asgard in that first movie but there was right. there was a couple scenes where you're like okay 
it's like New York style. Like that's how many people live here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great shot too, with everyone in gold and Thor just standing out with that red robe. Beautiful. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, I love. I mean, so I love Thor Dark World because I mean, shockingly, Jane is honestly one of my favorite. Uh, I would say like superhero girlfriends. <laughs> um, I just. I have a thing for scientists. I don't know why. I just think it's very like attractive, and I just think that Jane was just she was just so cute with like you know her little sciencey self, just like running around, just like schooling everyone. But um, I but I really do love just Malekith, bro. Malekith is one of my favorite villains like in the MCU, and I thought he was done dirty. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't really a big fan of of the way that he died, but. To, to me, at least, Malekith was very, like, menacing. Like, just by the way he looked and by the way he talked and the way he fought. It was a, he was a very menacing villain. And I love the I, – I just love the idea that we were kind of, like, e- exploring more of the mythos of, like, just the Asgardian yes, people and who their enemies are. And I, I love the idea that they went back. You know what I mean? So, so, sorry, I bro. What saying? Uh, no, I was just saying, I, you know, speaking of Malekith and like I, the one thing I also think they did a really good job with in the dark world was hyping him up via uh, Odin's backstory on Malekith. You know, like that just made him seem like really menacing and like bigger than life because, you know, obviously Odin is diesel and you know, been around forever so if, if you're gonna hear odin talk about how bad someone is like you better believe it exactly but then it blows me because then if Thor right around we get another freaking character that odin defeated before it's like okay so our so is thor just getting is thor going to have his own bag out or, or are we just going to keep just going down this road of fighting villains that odin already beat great but yeah so <laughs> i have so many issues with ragnarok and i think the decision let's to talk make, about it uh, Make Hela uh, not Loki's daughter it was kind of stupid. Like, oh, it's now it's Loki's older sister. I'm like, no, it's his daughter. It's his illegitimate love child that he doesn't want anyone to know about. Like, give us <laughs> yeah. that. Story. Yeah. Like, they they tend to like treat the audience like, yeah, these characters are thousands of years old. They probably have kids, so it's not weird. Like, also that giant wolf that was underneath Asgard, that's Loki's kid too. Like, let us have that weirdness. Like, that's part of what makes so much of the mythology so fun is that Loki's having babies. Like right. he made Loki was out there. And mm-hmm. like <laughs> Loki's such an integral character to the MCU. He's the first Avengers bad guy. He introduced Kang. Like, you know, and uh so I just think that like the more you could like make the better you can make Loki, like go with it. But I will yeah. say, like Thor Ragnarok, you know, in when I saw that movie, like I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as everyone else, but in hindsight, I think that that movie is the most problematic movie of the MCU. And I think because I think it's to blame for a lot of the problems we have today. I think it's to yeah. blame for people. Ragnarok? You know, oh, yeah. Everything's sure. a comedy now. Everything's a comedy because most people didn't like Thor. Most people didn't like Thor Dark World. So they brought in Taika Waititi. They made Thor Ragnarok a comedy. Most people that didn't like the Thor movies before loved Ragnarok. 
and they doubled down on it and they made the worst MCU movie of all time, Thor Love and Thunder. And they were like, you know what? Ragnarok worked. Why don't we put more comedy in everything? And now we're getting a bunch of sub-mediocre movies and people are like, oh, it's too funny. It's too funny. Well, maybe you should have said you like Thor and Thor Dark World because then we got Ragnarok and then we got Love and Thunder. So, again, I know I'm always blaming the fans, but I'm blaming the fans again. I loved. I, I watched Love and Thunder uh, the day it dropped on Disney Plus because I didn't want to see it in theaters because I saw it. And I'm like, mm, I'm not going to spend my money on it. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, I, I watched it the, like the, at midnight, the moment it dropped. I put it on and I'm like, mm-hmm. my wife asked me the next morning, "How was it?" I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, it was frustrating. And she's like, "Why?" I'm like, because there's so many things in it that I did like. Like I Agreed. loved the intro with Christian Bale and his daughter. Like that was mm-hmm. that was peak MCU kind of stuff. I'm like I loved it, but then so much of it went wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, there was even a part in the middle of the movie where it looked like they they filmed it on like a, a handheld camera, and it's a rom com that looked like the budget was yeah. fifty bucks. Yeah, and she was like, "What?" I'm like, "No, no, I, I'm not even exaggerating." Oh. Like it, it didn't feel like it was even in. It was like looked like TV soap opera stuff, and she's like, "What?" I'm like. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that one hurt. There was so many things about it that just didn't work to me. And the overuse of humor and the grave misuse of Christian Bale, it's like another one wasted, man. Another one wasted. Like, oh that one hurts. But the scene at the beginning of the Guardians was pretty great. (laughs) So yeah, agreed. Agreed. And then like the ending of Thor Dark World, like the ending with Loki on the throne, like I was yeah. like bought in at that point. And and then obviously Ragnarok just Ragnarok just dishonors it so hard. But you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm not gonna get mad. It's all good. But yeah, so Thor Dark World. Okay. We are going to number well, I think we skipped Avengers. No, we talked about Avengers. Okay. But we okay. didn't talk yeah. about my number seven. My number seven was actually Black Panther. I'm sorry, bro. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh, so I'm sorry, bro. Seven was uh, Black Panther. Um, I, I, we talked about it briefly. I, I also loved this movie. My only reasoning for not putting it higher on my list, I think, was the uh, the weird CGI crunch in the third act where the uh, the fight that they had on that railway just seemed yeah. like cartoony. Um, what do you mean but when you say like cartoony? If you, if you watch the rest of the movie, the CGI is fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. But then when they're fighting, when it's like, the Golden Jaguar versus Black Panther, and they're fighting between mm-hmm. the like the the shipments. It just looked like faces were superimposed in like really bad CGI. And I was like, okay, something happened late in the production that made this scene have to get redone. What happened here? And it, it yeah. like kind of takes you away from that scene. But can I ask you guys I, something about this? Sorry. I just because because you know, you guys are like my like mentors in this game, right? Like I am like the young gun. Do you think that T'Challa should have just been single in this movie? I so T'Challa having an on again off again girlfriend was kind of a weird thing for me. Um, I felt like, but to me, like T'Challa's true queen was Storm. So mm-hmm. like having an ex girlfriend, I thought was weird. I'm like, no, he he, no one is his equal, so no one's gonna be his equal until he meets the mutant goddess. Like that's how this is supposed to be. Having some random girl from his past somehow be his on again, off again girlfriend, and then later his like baby mama was like kind of felt disservicing to the character. Yeah. So 
I thought it's funny you brought it up because until I rewatched that movie like last year, I forgot that he even had a girlfriend in the movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, you know. <laughs> so I, I think if anything, it's it, it, if that answers the question, I think it's kind of unnecessary if I'm not remembering that, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, 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 but Taylor, I agree with you about the, like that railroad or train, whatever it was scene, like the CGI definitely did look weird in that scene. And I'm not, I'm usually not one to complain about CGI. Like, you know, but it, I agree. It wasn't good. Yeah. It's like, there's certain moments in the MCU where the CGI is almost flawless. And then there's some moments where you're like, what is that? Like in civil war, uh, when uh, Tony takes his helmet off at the airport and I'm like, wow, what the hell is happening here? Like, yeah, the, the, the CGI just did not mesh well. But then you have like the same directors just a few years prior with uh, with Winter Soldier, and that movie is hard to say anything looked bad in that movie because it just looked gorgeous all the way through. So it's like, oh, good. what happened when Marvel changed some things? Like there's clearly some re the retouching scenes or some pickups that happened. They moved some stuff around. Something happened with the CGI here. So, Dude, I'm watching it right now. The way the train is going by, oh my god, this looks bad. Oh my god. It was such a cool scene, but it did not look good. So cartoony. Oh my gosh. It's it's pretty rough. Um, but I don't know. I mean, for every crappy Black Panther scene like that, you get like you get like Marvel pulling out Infinity War and the whole movie just looks gorgeous. So yeah. I, I don't know. They they need to hire more scenes. CGI workers because I feel like they have the same staff just running on fumes. Yeah. yeah, and they're not happy about it. We know that they're not happy about it. Yeah, not gonna I'm lie. I also don't like the camera. Angle. Oh, really? And they said that they don't want to work on Marvel films. Period. Are you they for real, bro? Out of those contracts. Oh, they for can't get it. That's they want. They want out, but they're still in because they're on a contract. Well, some of them will be like, um, if it's like a X or Y company, they're like, hey, so we have this contract coming in for Marvel. We need this many people put in your bid for your, your shift, and then some people will be like, I don't even want to be on that movie at all. And they'll try to like what? find other work to keep them busy so they don't have to work for Marvel. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. That's deep. Yeah. Because you'd think like, you know, I mean, if you're in the CGI business, like putting a Marvel movie on your resume is probably like, I mean, there's probably not a better brand to have on your resume in the CGI business. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. That's something else. <laughs> Oh, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Okay. What a, what a great... Oh, wait. And also, bro, I do not like the camera shots of that final uh, battle either. I don't like how, how, how like, the, the camera's, like, panning, like, over top of them while they're, they're fighting. That looks so unattractive. It really felt like a different director came in and did that whole scene, and it didn't work. So that was just my one issue with that movie was that that last 20-minute fight just felt disjointed from the rest of the movie. Oh, I will say one more thing, though. With Killmonger, like, they did, even though, and I know he appeared for a brief second in Wakanda Forever, but, like, you know, obviously he had his real exit in Black Panther. They did not waste Killmonger. Like, that was an amazing performance. They got, you know, they got their money's worth out of Michael B. Jordan for that. That was fine. Was so good. So Amazing. Good. Yeah. He's one of those villains that 
it to me he felt like almost like a Magneto type villain where you're like, I get him. Right. If he wins, I'm right. gonna be mad. Yeah. But he yeah. stopped. <laughs> it's funny you say that because Magneto is like my favorite villain in uh possibly all of Marvel. He's definitely my favorite mutant, like by far. And yeah. uh you know when when I every time I watch X Men First Class, which is my favorite X Men movie, I, I rest for Magneto. Best yeah. one by far. And they they shot themselves in the foot by not giving us that perfect Magneto costume in the next movie. Yeah. Yes, really bro. Do. Yes. Every time that that scene happens, he's like, "You can call me Magneto." I'm like, "Oh, <gasps> <laughs> so badass." Fastbender was Fastbender was so good in that role. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's an amazing actor, which, by, mm-hmm. by the way, I, I've always wondered why, like, it, I guess maybe it's hard to bring, like, Fox X-Men actors into the MCU in a different role. But, like, it feels like, you know, and, and I've said this before, every actor wants to be in the MCU. Um, and, like, a big name like Fassbender, who crushes every, feels like he crushes every movie role he does. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like they could easily find a good place for him in the MCU. But if they're holding them out for Magneto for when they do bring in the X Men, uh, they're bringing in McKellen. That's the thing. That's the problem. Is that they're not even bringing us the young Magneto that we want. We're getting yeah. McKellen. So. Oh. Is he? But like, is he technically so? When he, when he got signed over, is he technically still in contract or no? He would be if they want to recast the role. They'd have to pay pay out his contract. Oh, okay. That's why they're bringing back the other Magneto because. They can still that contract's do that. done. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they're doing that for Deadpool three, so it's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me, give me uh, Hugh Jackman any day of the week, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Fox so, got a lot right six, with right? X-Men. Yes, we are on to number six. All right, we are going to start with Taylor. What is your number six, homie? Actually, number six was my uh, was Black Panther. I think I. I said the Avengers and Black Panther in, in rank seven. It's so, all yeah, good. That's why I thought you, we, we skipped you with it. I, I thought we did. I was looking at this. I'm like, did we skip it? Because we didn't talk about Black Panther. But yeah, but, no, right. Black Panther was my number six. Okay. We have we have the same six, so I'm not even going to go into it. Um, yeah. Comic cuts. I have Avengers six, bro. for number six. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right. right. What's number five? All right. <laughs> number five. Let's, let's work our way. All right. Um, Taylor, what first? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go first. All right, my my number five is Iron Man one. Um, Mine is number five as well. <laughs> so All right, well, I, let's let's talk about it, boys. Let's yeah, go. Okay. Um, not nah, I, I think that Iron Man one is the, the most perfect film to start the MCU. I mean, uh, it was it it was a crazy because I mean I know that like a lot of people take like our DJ's past into like why did this role. Was so amazing, but I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't really know. Um, to me, like as a kid, and to like all of my friends, RDJ was who we wanted to be the guy that was with the hot chicks that had all of like the cash, like you know, that was kind of like what we wanted, uh, to be like to, to be like the Iron Man, but you know, going into it, that's kind of what we thought it was going to be. And then when, then when we watched the movie, this dude is literally going through it, you know. And uh, kind of seeing him like in like in literal bondage and stuff like that, and then seeing that his tech was being used to put to induce harm onto others, which then leads him to want to shut down everything, was a very uh, interesting take. And 
Um, I mean, there's no other man that could play Iron Man like Robert Ken. So, I mean, yeah. I I grew up with this the '90s Iron Man cartoon, and they never really explained how Iron Man's motivation was to become a hero. And seeing this movie, and his and like you said, this whole like my weapons are now killing people. This needs to stop. Like that turn in the character was the first time I'd seen in like the history of the, the comics reading the TV shows of an Iron Man that actually legitimately wanted to be a better person. And that was, I was like, Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be unique. Cause this, this is not the Iron Man that was captured by the Viet Cong during Vietnam war. This is not the Iron Man that like whatever story they tell, this is Iron Man. Who's caught by a radical group of terrorists who are using his weapons to promote terror. And the Easter eggs are plenty with the 10 rings and, like, don't get me wrong, they, they definitely messed up the Ten Rings in Iron Man 3, and then they kind of fixed it in Shang-Chi, but um, they're still, like, that first time you see the Ten Rings, it was really menacing. And I was like, this is lots of fun. I, I like this a lot. Um, and the fact that Obadiah Stane went from being just a, a crappy character to, like, a really good villain was yeah. really fun. And it was Jeff Bridges. I mean, can't go wrong right. with Jeff Bridges. I feel like every role in this movie, you know, was crushed, um, you know, Pepper Potts. Uh, but like, you know, first of all, I didn't read comics when I first saw this movie. So, but I was always like a big movie guy, always loved superheroes. So like, you know, I saw the trailers. I was like, this looks sick, you know? And I remember when I saw it, I think I saw it like the weekend that came out. And uh, when, you know, when Tony Stark was in the fucking cave and he built an Iron Man suit to get himself out of it, that was like one of the most badass things I've ever seen in a movie. And I just knew we were in for a wild ride. And, uh, you know, Tony Stark was cool as shit. I also think, you know, obviously there's a lot that went into Robert Downey Jr. taking the role. MCU is kind of the house that he built. But I do think that it really helped his performance in that, that like it wasn't like we've seen him in a ton of movies in recent years. And, yeah. you know, there was no typecasting to be had. And he absolutely hit it out of the park. I didn't have the preconceived notion of, you know, Iron Man like comics or I'd never watched the animated show. Um you know, the most I knew about Iron Man was there was a bait Iron Man sneaker that, like, I really wanted that was out <laughs> of my price range. Uh, you know, but, you know, I thought, like, that was so cool. And now looking that I do read comics, like, I've never read an old Iron Man comic. I, I On my list, though, is Demon in a Bottle. Um, like, I'm sober, so I, I always want to read that story. I just yeah. sometimes I have a yeah. tough time getting behind comics that are like a bit uh, like older. I like the more modern stuff. Um, but that movie, you know, like was so successful. The MCU at hype just from that movie alone. And, um, you know, it, it cemented Iron Man as my favorite character in the MCU period, which is crazy to yeah. say, because I also really love Spider-Man, but, uh, and, you know, and it's funny because like, in the comics, like when you look at Marvel Comics and their sales, like Spider-Man is always the number one character. Uh, Captain America is usually up there too. Um, and uh, even now, like Iron Man comics don't 
reign that high. But when it comes to the MCU, I think he's most people's favorite character. Yeah. yeah. And it's 100% Robert Downey Jr. Because all, all of his legal issues, all of his, his issues prior to that movie, he was pretty much blacklisted in Hollywood. And then he came out of nowhere and became one of the richest guys in Hollywood because he made the right <laughs> business decision to jump on this movie that that Tom Cruise abandoned because he didn't like how it was going, which is insane. The background behind the, what made this movie exist is insane. Yep. And I love so much that that they made this work and they gave Robert the like the free reign to make Iron Man his character, which was way better than what the comic book version of Iron Man was. Because comic book Iron Man was like an alcoholic Howard Hughes and he wasn't that fun. This yep. this one was he's eccentric, he's sarcastic, he's he's a genius, but he's also kind of a douche. Like he's he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um definitely so I, a douche. I love it, and they definitely made a fantastic story arc with Tony Stark throughout the entire MCU. So every appearance he's in, you can see yeah. it's changing. Exactly. It seems it seems like they took a bunch of good parts from a lot of other characters because, like, in like in the ways that he's smart, he kind of like reminds me of like Reed a a little bit but then he also i also feel like i get some bruce wayne out of him as well but then also get some kind of like cockiness as well so it's 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 kind of weird how how like feige kind of seemed like he was drawing certain like parts out of uh out of uh, each uh guy and um one of the, the things that that one of the things that i do love about the, like iron man and i don't know if they did this on purpose but this is at, at least the way that i see it Everything that goes wrong in the movie before Tony Stark always corrects in the next film. You know, like when you watch Infinity War and you see all of the stuff in his suit, which is my, uh, which is my favorite suit. I have no idea why they went with that last suit in a game. Pissed me off. But anyways, but um, everything is like really that, that yellow. I didn't like it. It was. I didn't like the too much red in Infinity War. I thought the the breakup with the yellow was fantastic. Uh, mm. To me, just the final Endgame suit was my favorite Iron Man suit. Yeah, I like I'm that just... Endgame suit. But I, what I don't like is I, I feel like it doesn't translate well on action. <laughs> I'm a big action figure guy, but naturally on social media, with yeah. I'm sure you guys too, with what we all follow, you know, I see a lot of action figure pictures, and I appreciate them. I just don't think that suit looks good on an action figure, but I think it looks great in the movies. Yeah, because yeah. and like. And like the Infinity War suit to me, just like the combat, the what, like the and I know like the Endgame suit wasn't really meant for combat, but that's the like, the feature of that suit was just beyond me. It was just insane. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the Iron Man one suit will forever be one of the. I mean, yeah, will forever be one of the greatest suits of all time. I do like the Iron Man two suit as well. I think that's an equal one, but great, great film. Um, I think the decision to yeah. show you from the ground up the suit being made. Is what made this movie feel so grounded and so realistic. Yes, you have one scene where he's he's building the arms. One scene where he's mm -hmm. trying to fly for the first time. Like showing the pieces is what made it believable. And then yes. that way, when he's like, "Oh, I can fly now," then boom! Now let's just montage of the suit getting drilled onto me. I'm like, so "Okay, cool. I can believe this now. I can see it." Yes, yes. And bro, and look. Oh, and look right, Toby. Toby and them, they automatically got the suit. Like, yeah. we didn't right, get right, the final, right. like, thank God that he didn't build it in the cave. <laughs> like, yeah. like, 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 I mean, yes, we, like, we would have probably went with it, but, like, 
as you just said, bro, it was like we like it was like kind of like systems that he built and corrected. I mean, this this movie is goaded. Yeah, you know. Still. So Taylor, I love that you said that because like. I debated with Stevie and uh, another co-host we have, Matt, and, um, you know, they are not too big on the Dark Knight trilogy. And what I tried to tell them was when that movie, you know, because I I think we're a bit closer in age and him and Matt are a little bit younger. But like when the Dark Knight trilogy came out, you know, they had to win over a fan base that wasn't already giant comic book movie fans. And I think Iron Man had the same thing. And that's why, like, having a grounded, realistic origin story and, like, showing the progression of the character, you know, becoming their alter ego was so critical to those the successes of those movies. And I think, I, I think you nailed it because Iron Man had it just like Batman Begins did. And and that's the thing. It's like so. Iron Man it needed to shine because it came out just a couple months before The Dark Knight did. So if you remember right. that summer, that point. was the summer where like, okay, Iron Man, Marvel's finally kicking it off. This is going to be great. I liked it a lot. And then like three weeks later, Heath Ledger destroys movie theaters, and just that's what it was. Like, yeah. If if Iron Man was any less good than what it was, the MCU would have not have been able to recover from the. The cinematic beatdown that it got in theaters from the Dark Knight. So the fact that they were able to like thrive off of that first movie, that's something else. And you you know that movie has to be special because it it went toe to toe with a movie that broke a billion dollars. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. They were still in theaters. All right, now- <laughs> so- it's crazy. That is facts. Oh gosh! All right, now we are. It's, it's getting chippy, guys. We're at number four. I, I, well, I I'm not I sure. My number. I didn't give my number five. Oh, what's your five? Captain America: Winter Soldier. Oh, this this early? Okay. You know, it, it was tough. It was tough. Um, but you know, it's. I, I get obviously you you guys both have it a little bit higher. Um, yeah. and it, it was hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was hard to not put it higher, but hey, it still made the top five. Um, you know, the espionage. Uh, I think this movie has some of the best action in any of the MCU. Um, you know, that scene when uh, Captain America is, you know, breaking out of the shield base, the elevator, he, the elevator and uh. he jumps off of the plane, like, first oh. of all. That was taken straight out of the Winter Soldier comic, but yes. it looks so much better in the movie than it did on the comic. So obviously, you know, it was just incredible. Um, you know, I loved what they did with Zola, the uh, you know having Black Widow and Bucky. I, I also think it's by far the best no- sequel, number two sequel in any of the MCU. Yeah, it's. If if you have to compare any MCU sequel to like Godfather quality, that's the Winter Soldier. It's great, yeah, but it's also much higher on my list. So I feel like I want to talk about it when you get to that point. Yeah, fair, way higher fair. on my list. Okay, yeah, same, same. I am I am saving that because I have it very, very, very high. All right, but wow, number five. That's crazy, bro. Oh my gosh, I just can't wait to hear what you have, bro. If oh. 
I can't wait to hear what you have. All right, we're on number four. Taylor, what is your what is your number four? My number four is actually the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we did talk about that before. Um, I I unapologetically love that movie. And let me see if I can find it. Hey. What's that? Comments. I love this guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Yep. He's passionate. Back when they came out, um, I was lucky enough to get this awesome set of posters from them. Oh shit! I think this, I, think this is it. I have a few poster rolls around here. Just the one? yeah. I mean, that room looks like it has a lot of oh, gems yeah, in bro. it. That is how those freaking Mando helmets behind you. I'm about to legit have a nerdgasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do look real nice. It's not that. Oh, uh, look. Jalen said, "When Winter Soldier was <laughs> way too early, top three. <laughs> oh man, he might be. He, he, he might not like I had top a, three. I actually got a set of art prints." For Gardens of Galaxy, and the prints are just absolutely. Oh, there it is! Found it. It had rolled under the bookshelf. <laughs> oh, but then Disney actually just sent me the Gardens of Galaxy three poster. Oh wow! The new one, dude! Oh, that uh, amazing. So I got, I got that. I'm gonna probably put that up after I see the movie. Like, I want to make sure that it's worth my. Smart, <laughs> worth hanging up. <laughs> but With how things are going these, now, smart. They sent me these many, many moons ago, and there's like four, four or five posters in here, but they're all like the character one sheets. Oh, Dude, oh my so, gosh, bro. one is pretty rad. I love. I oh, love the, the skies point. in the, when when the MCU goes to space. Like it is so visually oh, that is clean. Yeah, that one. Um, let me see if I can find it. my favorite one. Is that one? That'll go. I'll show that one last because that's my favorite one. Then there's one more in here. Yeah, it's four posters. Um, it's all comic book art because it wasn't. It was before the movie came out. Yeah. Okay, dude. Oh yeah, like yeah. that's awesome. But then my favorite one was the was this guy. And it was the shot from the movie of Groot. Bro. The girl that. that is amazing. So I got these so many years ago and I I want I don't know I don't know. They're smaller than regular posters, but I don't want to hang them up unless I frame them. <laughs> so I'm Smart. trying to like I'm trying to be like, what do I do with these until then? So they've been sitting in this poster roll for years. Still with like I think it's like two addresses ago on here. Yeah, two addresses oh, wow. ago. Just, oh my gosh, bro, that's awesome. But uh, I love yeah, this no, movie. those are great. Unapologetically, it's so good. Uh, so and good. The uh, the soundtrack is actually still. I still have it on CD, and I still keep it. My son uses it as his alarm because he took my CD player alarm clock. Oh, that's that awesome! <laughs> that's awesome, bro. The same CD that's, that's been in there for like ten years. <laughs> good alarm to put some good vibes on. Exactly. Can never go wrong. That down, 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 down. Never something. go wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your number four? Wait, did oh yeah. What is your uh number four cuts? Iron Man. Okay. You know, I, I I put this up higher just because you know for me 
my favorite character, the MCU, like we were just saying, wouldn't exist without the success of this movie. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go too big on it because we just spoke a lot about it. But the one thing I will say, like, this movie was the movie where CGI became next level and became good enough for the MCU to exist. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think that enough people talk about the CGI in Iron Man being an integral key to the success of today's MCU. It's funny. One of my favorite stories about uh, this movie was that John Favreau was adamant about making this movie look real. And part of what they did was uh, implement um, kind of a mixing of CGI. They wanted to have as much practical effects as they possibly could. That's interesting. Um, and wow. let me show you a picture. This was a picture of a, I interviewed him a little while ago. He's a, he's a wonderful guy, but this was the only Iron Man film that actually had practical suit used before the CGI was. Wow. wow. And I'm about Richard to show you Citrone, guys. The guy who actually was Batman for Ben Affleck, the guy who was actually in the bat suit um, throughout most of those awesome, the, the warehouse scene in, uh, Batman for Superman. That was this guy, and he oh, was wow. also what? physically Iron Man in that movie. That's is awesome. that a body of stain, a stunt double or something? Yeah, that's a stunt double because they actually okay. in that scene where they were they were fighting and um, on the roof. He was he was falling out. There was actually a longer version of that scene where Obadiah actually starts to climb out of the Ironmonger harness and then tries to kill Tony, and then Tony lets him go, and the body falls with the suit. So they oh, actually my goodness. Was a longer stunt that they actually had to cut out. Damn, that would have been sick. That's crazy. That would have been awesome if we got to see that. Yeah. I think you can still see it. If you have the Blu-ray or whatever, it's, it's actually shown in the deleted scenes. And it actually, it does show some continuity errors without having that scene in there, which is kind of funny. I hope it's on Disney Plus, because if not, I got to buy the I Blu-ray. Think I think it is. Okay. No, I definitely have a Blu-ray upstairs. I got to grab it. I'm physical all right. media all the way, so I have all the physicals for these. You know, <laughs> same, I'm bro. Really, I'm really pissed because when I bought the PS5, I, I originally bought the disc version like the second it went up on StockX, and the guy never sent it. StockX was like, "Do you want your money back, or do you want to wait like another like two weeks until we can?" I'm like, two weeks? Fuck that! I want to play it today." So I, I'm <laughs> yeah. A, I'm a huge sneaker collector, so I know a lot of resellers. So I was able to get someone to drive one over from New Jersey that night. Um, and he drove it over. And when he got here, he was like, oh, by the way, it's no disc. So now I have a PS5 that's discless. <laughs> and I, I, but now that they're easy to get, I think what I'm going to do is just buy one and then sell this. And or just yeah. do what normal people do. Put one in your bedroom and one in your living room. <laughs> yeah, that actually is a great idea. And that's I what I do too. with all my extra yeah. consoles. Like yeah. when I bought the PS4 Pro, I put the regular PS4 in my room, and the Pro went to the living yeah. room, and then smart. Then the Smart. PS5 became the living room system, and the <clears throat> Pro went to my son's room. So yeah, we just play musical chairs with the consoles. Yeah, know. yeah, everyone wins. Yo. Dude, I, do, I need a physical media because like yeah. it, the quality is so much better. It's not even funny. Yeah. Taylor, I need to get your gamer uh, tag before you hop off so I can add you on PlayStation 5. 
I need that too, actually. Yeah. Sweet. Quick off topic. Are you are you are, ha, have you played Star Wars uh, Battlefront? Yeah. Do you still play Star Wars? Real quick. Uh, I haven't I'm cut out and go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Go ahead, go I ahead. haven't in a while actually. Um right now I'm playing a lot of Destiny. Uh just I tried to I'm trying to platinum Hogwarts Legacy. I've got a few other challenges to go, but that's what I've been spending a lot of my time on. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Now, while while we're waiting for him, let's just let's let's talk about uh something off topic. And thank you for your gamer tag. Have you been watching Mando? Yeah. It's so good. How- how about that episode two, man? <laughs> How about that episode freaking two? I had to go on Twitter to like basically publicly shame IGN for saying it was worth a five out of ten. A five! A five, bro! Oh my and I was goodness. Like, I was like, first off, what the hell? Like I had to go right off. Like uh I let me see if I can just pull up my tweet because I, w- I was pretty <laughs> mad. I'm trying to be nice, but I was yeah. also like uh, um I said uh, so IGN gave the latest Mandalorian <laughs> episode a five out of ten and complained that it was lighting issues, and I even had like Colin Farrell do this, and I'm like, I sat down yeah. and watched it on three different TVs, a Samsung, an LG, and a Vizio, and had no <laughs> issues. What is going on? And then I even like in the comments kind of elaborated, saying that like I loved the episode, and one person was like, well, it was a little dark. I'm like, yeah, but if you're watching it in the middle of the day in your living room with all the light coming in, sure. But you're not supposed to watch movies like that. You're supposed to watch movies exactly. in full immersion. And if you're reviewing lights for IGN, you should know that. Exactly. Let's not let's not forget their She-Hulk uh, episode uh, rankings were eights, and I was like, bro, okay. Yeah, She-Hulk was fun, That's but it wasn't. Me. It was like a, a like a six out of ten every episode. It was fun, but it wasn't great. By the way, that's my problem with like all the ring, and it's not just IGN that's doing that. And when we spoke about this, like they put Rotten Tomatoes claims that Black Panther. I don't know if you've ever gone through Rotten Tomatoes uh, MCU rankings; they're awful. Black Panther is number one, and um, you know, like I don't know. I just think and and IGN. If you ever see anytime they rate anything these days, their comments flame them for it. You know, oh um, yeah. So I just think that IGN and Rotten Tomatoes have both gone down the drain. And yeah, putting saying that She Hulk was good. Anyone that says She Hulk was good, like I got a problem with. <laughs> that movie was awful. Yeah. Show was awful. I, like awful. I hope <laughs> that they kill off She Hulk. That would be one uh, of the best things they could do. I like certain parts of She-Hulk. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, it was the best. Like, I actually still haven't finished Miss Marvel because I just I couldn't get into it. It's, it's good, uh-huh. but it's like, yeah. we, we, I'll get in. We're I'll finish it eventually. Yeah, we love Miss Marvel. Kamala's but the best. Oh, she's so cute. I actually I finished kid. She-Hulk. Um, I did think some of the the gags, I think the, the final episode was probably the ballsiest thing they've ever done in the MCU. Like, breaking the fourth wall to <clears> that <throat> extent. was like, oh my god, they're actually doing this. Okay. Um, and just that last, that quip of her saying, uh, I smashed fourth walls and also Matt Murdock's was probably the, it made the whole watch, watching experience worth it for me. The moment she said that, I'm like, okay, this wasn't a waste of time. That was pretty good. <laughs> no, I also, I never read a She-Hulk comic, but oh, that's how she, comics. she breaks that, the fourth yeah, wall. Like it doesn't really? exist. 
Yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. I've so heard that's that why it was, it was bearable for me because that's what this the comic is. Um, yeah. But for a show that was saying that it was supposed to be like a like a a procedural court show, the court stuff was very weak. Strange. And that could have made the show like really cool because yeah, court dramas are great. Yeah. Make the episodes longer. Make twenty or thirty minutes of each episode actual courtroom drama. Uh-huh. But they should have. But Marvel. Well, apparently that's what we're going to be getting in Daredevil Born Again. So I'm really excited to see that. All right. So we are going to number four. Oh, I thought we finished. Oh, yes. Oh, no, we, we said mine. Uh, did we already talk to you? Yep. Um, we are at uh, Comic Cuts. Your number four is Iron Man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we did. All right. So is, is okay. So my four is Civil War. Um, okay. Captain America Civil War is. I mean, this is a movie that had me very, 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 very speechless. Um, I also love how one of the things that I loved is how fluid each character was, if that makes sense. Um, because you know, when you're when when you're watching like Avengers Age of Ultron, you're getting introduced to, you know, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and then Captain America Winter Soldier, you're you are just meeting Falcon and then Bucky's coming back. Like in Civil War, it kind of felt like there were more things set in stone. And I am the kind of guy where I like more I like movies where characters are used to each other, if that makes sense. Or like I like movies where where, where characters are comfortable in in their own skin more than like an origin film. So it was, I really love the idea that every character knew what they were supposed to do when they had to do it and how they had to, you know, like everyone knew their strengths. Everyone knew their weaknesses, even Peter, right? Peter was like the new guy on the, the block and Tony just said, you know, keep your distance and uh, web them up. So, I mean, it was a, uh, it was, it was a super dope, um, you know, idea now i at the time i wasn't the biggest ma- a fan of like you know farm farm family hawkeye that's still something that to to this day it just you know the hawkeye show is great but family family farm hawkeye uh for me is just hard to you know even wrap my mind around but i do love i mean i, I love the idea that hawkeye got in uh in involved in this and i honestly think that like like the action obviously was top tier, but Zemo, oh my gosh. For, Zemo is one of the first villains that I've seen that literally had no superpower, really wasn't like the best fighter. Like he didn't really have anything like physically special about him, but he legit played with everyone's mind. And the fact that he that he took down a whole entire Avengers team with just outwitting everyone was so freaking impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about this movie. First of all, the Civil War comic is my favorite comic of all time. Like that series was amazing. Uh, you know, obviously it's very different than the movie, but the movie was still awesome. It was a bonus Avengers movie. You got to see the Avengers team go at it. You know, like they went against each other, which was really unique for the MCU. The action was awesome. Uh, Zemo manipulating the hell out of all the characters, uh, you know, and um, 
you know, just like that final battle between Iron Man and Cap and uh, Bucky and, you know, seeing Captain America being torn with that whole, you know, like, you know, he knew he was in the wrong, but he felt bad about it, but he still had to get Bucky's back. Like, that was crazy. And one of the things yeah. I think the MCU does a really good job of, and I think this speaks so well to the conflict of the Civil War, is that, at least in my opinion, Captain America pretty much always does the right thing. He's always the voice of reason. You know, he, he's like, you know, heart of gold, but he, you know, like, you know, he's, he's a lonely guy. He's been through a lot and he will never, you know, he really is like, no matter what, till the end of the line with Bucky. And as much as Iron Man is my favorite character. So that was hard to see. Like, I also got to respect it with Cap because Cap's one of my favorite characters too. And like, I, like I said, I really just think that like he has the right stance on absolutely everything. And I, I think that, by the way, one of the things they did so well in the MCU because he's like that in the comics too. Yeah. You know, especially with the civil war conflict, because it was a lot darker in the comics, you know, and that was hard for me with Iron Man because Iron Man is like my favorite and he was dead wrong in the comics. Um, and Captain America was the one who was like, this is wrong, Tony. Yeah. And bro, T'Challa. I mean, T'Challa was, oh my, just mesmerizing every time he yeah. was on screen. Every 100%. time he was on screen. And the entrance, I mean, the and that might be my favorite uh, Black uh, Panther suit, honestly. Um but yeah, that I mean, was, just yeah, it was, it was sick. One. Yeah, it, was it so is. Good. Yeah, that thing was sick, bro. The, oh my god! The nano machine bodysuits from that point, from afterwards, weren't as good as that. Like that bulky, animalistic cat suit that he had that first one. I was like, oh, so cool looking. I agree. Yeah, that movie really, is freaking amazing. Um, all right, I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie, uh, not because of. I mean, there was a lot of great moments, a lot of great parts, but to me, a good movie is really about the consequences of the ending and when the the avengers like the ending undid a lot of my love for that movie like yes captain america and iron man are on different sides the the avengers broke down uh mm -hmm. but the end had captain america free everybody and then even send a, a cell phone to tony saying hey, if you need me call me it's like it just it like felt like the whole conflict still ended with I'm still your buddy so here's a high five like it, I I felt like the only way to properly make the the stakes even higher would have been to do something absolutely insane like kill a character off and if they would have done that then yes maybe it would have been a bigger a bigger ending for me but it's like to me that's I think why Batman and Superman kind of struck a little bit better for me because it was they both were essentially the same movie. But at least Batman and Superman had the balls to kill off Superman at the end. Yeah. And that's kind of what I felt like Civil War was missing was some big, big universe shattering moment. Yeah. So you, know? you so you basically think they try to half like butt that by doing what they did with um Rhodey. Yeah, I mean if they would have killed off Rhodey, it would have made the conflict a bit bigger. If they would have killed off literally anybody. It would have in the like, comics. In the comics, like, so many characters went down. Yeah, and, and spoiler me, alert: 
if you're planning on reading it, sorry, but like <laughs> Captain America dies, you know. Well, he doesn't that, die like, in Civil War. He dies after Civil War in the comic that sequeled Civil War, The Death of Captain okay. America. Right, so right. He did survive the Civil War, but then he was hunted down like the next day. Yeah. So to me, I, I they had some great setup with, with uh, Crossbones, and then they misused them in a very stupid way very quickly. Um, which I was really bummed out about at the beginning because, like, in the comic, the the mutant killing the school was huge. That makes that was sense for the whole registration. Yeah. But then, in the the movie, it was a known terrorist being a terrorist, and somehow the Avengers were blamed for it. And I'm like, yeah. Also, like, you know, I that. As great as Civil War was, like that was a, one of the problems I had too. Also, because yeah. I love Frank Grillo as an actor, um, I, you know, and I just think that they could have done so much more with Crossbones, uh, yeah. you know, and maybe they knew that you know they were also going to kill off Captain America too soon to do a Captain America Crossbones movie. I don't really know, um, but it just seems like such a waste of talent because. Frank Grillo, Crossbones should have been like, uh, you know, major villain and at least one movie. And that was, I think that was just back down to the studio drama of it all. Like Civil War only came about because they they saw that DC was making BBS and they're like, if they're going to raise the stakes, we have to raise the stakes too. Because originally <clears throat> we were supposed to get Captain America 3, the Serpent Society. Serpent Society, yeah, yeah. And even though they tried to play it off saying, oh, that was a joke. We were never doing it. No, the reality was they even said multiple interviews. They were 100% doing that. And then once DC announced BVS, they went back to page one rewrite, redid the whole plan, and then we got what we got. Yeah. Which is like, I would have rather them waited to do Civil War when they had a few more Avengers than the airport scene yeah. was like six on six. Like Civil War should have been a phase four project. Like yeah. where there was like more more characters like Daredevil in the fight, Moon Knight in the fight. Like give me give oh, me. Oh Shang Chi would have been dope in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Punisher would have been sick in that. Yeah. yeah you know, he would have been away from that. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have bothered. He would have been like, nope, that's their fight. I'm gonna keep it right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I also wish I had Nick Fury that was in it as well. Um yeah. like because Nick Fury was the one to bring them back every time. So if if like Tony and Steve just told Nick like nah like this fight is going to happen regardless, you know, would would have been awesome. But but to me, like the the ending, seeing that Bucky killed Tony's uh, parents was like a heart wrenching moment, and like seeing Tony just go off like that and really take on Cap and Bucky like on his own, obviously with a suit, was a pretty crazy scene. Definitely when 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 Bucky legit tried to take his arc reactor. And then it, it blew off his, his freaking hand. And then and, and and then when Tony Stark analyzes their fight combos, like mid-fight, and then literally goes into this combat mode where he can see all the moves before they do them, like, bro, and see, that was crazy. Me, that, that, that to was me nuts. was fantastic. But I also, like, there was a lot of rumors that uh, Jeff Johns leaked the script for BVS to Marvel. And that was one of those moments when I saw that in the film. I'm like, oh, maybe this is true because there was a plot point where Batman is fighting Superman, with, and he's fighting him exactly the way Zod was fighting Superman. He was he basically watched the tape, watched the fight, and then mimicked his fight so that he would know what punches were coming. I'm like, Iron Man just did what Batman did. I feel like this rumor. <laughs> was 
<laughs> what a douche. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. So there's a lot of stuff. And I mean, you have like the mastermind villain who breaks up the heroes and like, okay, Lex Luthor, Zemo, like, I, I get it. Like you have, it, there was a lot of stuff that was very similar. Um, but I digress. Let's go to number three. <laughs> number three, my boys. I know, right? This is what happens when you, when, when you just get these knowledgeable guys on here, man. It's going to be a long one. All right. Number three. We are going to start with uh, Comics Cuts, bro. What is your number three? Uh, Civil War. Civil oh, War? my okay. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what a wonderful world, man. Yeah. Okay. Anything you got to say about it, bro? You know, like, like I said, I, I really think I touched on everything, but, like, it was one – it, it is my favorite comic. Um, it is – you know, it's the comic that got me into Marvel Comics. Uh, it is so fire. The movie was so good. I find that, like, when I put uh, when I want to watch an MCU movie, this is the one that I probably watch the most. Um, just a haymaker of a movie. Felt like a bonus Avengers movie. Uh, I, I love the conflict. I love what they're fighting. I love what Captain America stood for in the movie. Um, you know, I also loved what Iron Man, you know, was standing up for himself at the end. And I didn't like what Captain uh, Captain America got Bucky's back, but like I respect it. Like it was just like, you know, I think that everyone came from a good angle. I don't like the registration thing that Iron Man was pushing on, but um, like I said, I, I think there were things that everyone was that Iron Man was fighting for and Captain America was fighting for. And I think that, you know, any reasonable person could see what these people were fighting for, understand why they're fighting for it. And, you know, I, I think that's what made the movie so interesting that everyone had a perspective that was understandable uh, and reasonable, uh, you know, and it, it was hard to see your favorite team and your favorite characters go against each other. But like at the same time, it was understandable given the conflict, given what had happened. Uh, and the movie was just so good because of that to me. And that's what hit home with me. My my issue with the Sokovia Accords was how it quickly came into to spotlight and then how like they brushed it away behind the scenes. To me, it's like it was like what they did with, with Endgame and Infinity War and then they do the five-year jump. Like, yes, it's a huge deal, and it should still be a huge deal. But when you find out that in She-Hulk, in a random comment, that they repealed the Sokovia Accords, or that no one is acknowledging that the MCU is five years later than what it was when it started, it's kind of like, it seems like a, like a wasted plot point. And that's kind of why I was yeah. frustrated with it, was that the Sokovia Accords are huge. And yet it didn't feel like every movie was battling it like it should have been. Because right. every movie after the Civil War should have been dealing with, I can't operate because this is Covid Accord. So I'm like, there should have been some angle of, oh, Daredevil is doing his thing, and also there's a cop saying, "Who the hell's that guy? Shoot at him!" Like, they should have had more with the Covid Accords. It should be prevalent in every movie, in it every MCU. And it shouldn't movie. have been a, repealed off screen in between two TV shows. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Agreed. All right, what is your number three? My number Taylor? three is Thor. Oh, uh, let's go. Let's go. The, I'm waiting to hear this. Great choice. I, the first Thor movie was one of the first times I sat down in a 
in a theater where I saw a modern Shakespearean style movie. And that's what this movie was. And like, it's very rare, especially in Marvel. Like I, I you don't see this a lot where I make, mean, obviously in Captain America, where he says like, you need to be the guy that jumps down on the grenade. Like, yes, hundred percent. Thor literally did that in this movie. Like he was ready to die. He was expecting to die. He chose to sacrifice himself and that's what made him worthy. Like, that is the true essence of a hero's journey. And I love that movie unapologetically. I do too, by the way. I, I think it was great. And like the final battle scene when he like, you know, still had hope for Loki and Loki was like, and he let go. That was so sad. Yeah. Um, you know, I never thought about it as like a modern Shakespearean story, which is interesting because yeah. I, I remember when we read Macbeth in high school and like we, had, you know, I love Macbeth so much. We had the choice to either do a short film with a couple friends or write an essay. I think I was the only person in the class that did a short film and like my friends that didn't want to write the essay were like, oh, can I be in it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, but yeah, it totally is a Shakespearean movie and that makes it so much better for me. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's funny because when you said, when you asked me for my list and you told me that yours is very different, I was wondering what's going to be in your top three. And uh, it's funny because Thor, like I kind of felt like I should put it on the top 10. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad to see it in, as your number three. What I, what I yeah. also loved about this movie was that it, it tried as much as it could to be, faithful to the mythology with obviously they changed some things because Laufey was no longer Loki's mom, but Loki's dad, which was kind of a weird change. Um, but the, the inclusion of Yggdrasil and having Yggdrasil be the galaxy was, I thought, especially if you watch the ending credits, when they do the whole galaxy thing and you actually see them pan out and you see the galaxy all separated and it is the big tree. That was such a cool shot. And I, I really loved that if it would have been earlier in the film, because unless you're watching through the credits, you won't catch it. But it's right, right. They did this really, really wonderful thing with trying to basically mix religion and science in a way that the MCU hasn't tried to do. Uh, there was a good chunk of time where the MCU tried to basically say no religion is real, everything is science. And now they're like, but the gods are real. And now they're doing that. <laughs> yeah, we're got it up now, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's, let's show two giant Egyptian gods fight over a pyramid. Let's do this. Like, they're now embracing the weird, and I'm okay with it. But, like, during that time, it was one of the first times where they tried to say that magic and science are the same, the deities are the same as science. But let's not bore you with the explanation. Let's just say that, yes what these people believed in a million thousands of years ago was very real. Yeah. And this is why, and it was, it was really cool to see. I, I would have preferred if they would have gone a little bit bigger with some of it, like the intro with the frost giants and freezing all the Vikings. That was, that was cool, but it should have been a bigger scene. Um, especially if you watch that scene and realize that that's the same village that was in Captain America, the movie right after this one, I was like, Oh, they should have done better to explain that. Yeah. <laughs> but, there was so much about this movie that I just unapologetically love. Uh, the one thing that I forever hate, though, is uh, Chris Hemsworth's weird bleached eyebrows that they only did in this movie, and then they realized it was bad. And never did it again. That I was the worst. That, but that does sound really. Watch weird. it again. You'll see. Like, why is his eyebrow so yellow? And then the next yeah. movie, like, oh, they're normal color again. Okay. <laughs> you know what I really don't like is that like Thor one and two were so good and 
you know, the MCU didn't really have a choice. I don't think with, you know, losing Iron Man and Cap, but it seems like because they lost so many great characters that they should be playing it safe with characters like Thor. And they're just not. And like, I, I just don't see how <clears throat> after love and thunder, they're going to ever have Thor not be a clown. Like, I don't know. I just feel like once you go that silly, there's no turning back. And it may, it, and we talk about this all the time. It, it, makes me really really worried about like who what's the avengers roster gonna be when kang dynasty and secret wars come out uh well kang dynasty is gonna be the young avengers but secret wars is gonna be everybody oh wow that's interesting yeah. so it's gonna be everyone very, very weird um everyone yeah. including some extra spider-man some x-men and a few other things like secret mm -hmm. wars is big. but they're also Kind of semi rebooting the MCU after Secret Wars. I don't think I don't think enough people are talking about that. <laughs> so. Yes. Well, bro. Well, so I was just watching something, or you know, I was doing some reading. They were talking about um, after Secret Wars, we might begin. We might be getting a whole phase just with a bunch of events happening on Battle World. That'd be interesting. And then basically after that, they were there. Apparently, like there's there's going to be like a big uh, reboot where. Like so, uh, at least the rumors. Reboot, yeah. Well, bro. Well, they, they were saying that the reboot was going to go to the 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 ultimate universe, I think, or something like that. It's going to be very interesting to see what they're going to do, man. The interesting thing about the ultimate MCU is pretty much the ultimate universe, anyways. Yeah, right. it, it has it been has... since the beginning. Like mm -hmm. Avengers One was straight out of that first yeah. ultimate. Mark Miller, yeah. Millar, sorry. So, all right. Um, where are we at? Are we at number? Right, all right, we're at number. Oh, my number three is uh, Infinity War. Infinity okay. War is my number three. Um, I that's a good segue. That's in my, my opinion, yeah. So there you go. Um, in my opinion, I, I think this was Iron Man's best per performance. In my opinion, I uh, I really think that. Um, also, I think that this. How can I say this? I love the fact that Tony didn't call Steve. Um, I love the fact that, like, we are. It kind of felt like I was opening up a page to a comic book. Iron Man is like fighting and fighting an alien. Spidey's on the bus. He sees something happening, and he just comes in out of freaking nowhere. Hey, man, you know, like it was just like just was watching this film just made me feel like I was like just watch just open up a page to a uh, comic book, and then um, seeing Iron Man and Spider Man in space. I'm not gonna lie, it was super weird, but I but I loved it. And um, now I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't the Best wasn't the biggest fan of the iron of the iron uh, spider suit at first, and I did I do feel like it got abused a lot, even all the way into Spider Man uh, No Way Home. Yeah, it was just atrocious how much we saw of that suit. But for that to be an Avengers like in uh, Infinity War, and for the fact that Tony's like in freaking space was super awesome. And then we go to the guard. I mean, the whole entire film was fire. And uh, one of one of my one of my favorite scenes was when we go to with Wakanda and obviously they they have up the the uh the uh the freaking vibranium force field and these little freaking animals are just killing themselves trying 
to get through. And then we see Tony and T'Challa run up together, sprinting like animals, and then they just beat the crap out of these freaking uh I forget what they were called. Do you guys remember what, what they were called? Um But the the villain things, the um uh, I was just talking about this the other day, I forget the name of it. Yeah, I forget the name too. Uh it wasn't the uh Corpus Glaber, any of those guys. It was um well, that was the like the Black Order, the Order yeah, yeah. they called it. The Outriders, right? The Outriders, the outriders yes, the, the Outriders. Yeah. yeah, it was it was just like the the movie so was crazy. And to be honest, like going into to the film, I was a little nervous about how about like was I going to like the idea that we're painting from space to earth, from space to earth? I, I kind of feel like it was going to be a little clunky, but to be honest, the way the but to be honest, the reason that it works is because Thanos was kind of the guy that was going back and forth from Earth. Like, you know what I mean? So, the, yeah, man, that freaking movie was just dropped dead amazing. So, yeah, man. Um, By the, way. the moment the movie started and uh, Thanos beats the crap out of the Hulk and I'm like, okay, this is going to be different. Yeah. When, when he kills Loki, I'm watching this. I was watching this with my son and he's like, can they do that in this movie? <laughs> I'm looking at him. I'm like, I don't know that. I didn't think that you were allowed to choke out somebody, snap their neck, and have their eyes bleed in a PG-13 movie. Yes, I didn't bro. think that was allowed. I'm right. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, this movie is intense. Like right off the yeah. bat, I was like, okay, yeah. here we go. How old was your sweating. son when you were seeing that? Uh, he's 15 now. When did the movie come out? Um, 2017 or 2018? 20? No, it's 2018. So it was five years. Oh, ago. 2018. Yeah. He was like 11 or 12 in that range. And yeah. he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. But I will say, like I said, Infinity War is essentially a Thor movie. <laughs> like, because Thor was yeah. the main character of this movie. Like, yeah, 100%. he really was. Um, and you mentioned before that I don't know how they could bring back Thor after they what they did with Love and Thunder. And I don't think they can. But I literally said the same thing after Ragnarok. And they did it with Infinity War. Like, Right, they stripped right. him down to nothing. Uh, there were some funny comments with the Guardians about he was like a sexy pirate angel. I was like, that was pretty fun. Um, uh-huh. But uh, him going to, like to get the, the the hammer, like to get the new weapon forged, and that moment when he made when he teleported with Stormbreaker in the fight, the entire audience screamed when like they're losing, and all of a sudden. Boom! It comes down, and he's just standing there, and the, the Stormbreakers flying around, killing everything. I'm like, this movie has peaked. Here it is. This is it. Yeah, like, this sick. is the moment that I want to cheer. And I don't like clapping or cheering in movies, but I was so. so <clears> like, I, I don't either. By the way, it was so yeah. good. Well, there was and I know he says this in Endgame, but like when Iron Man and he's like all skinny and he's got the IV yeah. and you know Captain America is like oh and you know I heard you know you were fighting with Thanos he's like who told you that we didn't fight he wiped my face with the planet <laughs> you know like that yeah. fight was insane yeah. but I always I like I said before I always attributed a good movie the ballsiness of the ending and having Thanos win is the yeah ending you could do like he you, you think that there's a chance. You, you're you like, okay, Thor's got it. He just took down, like, he's there's a Stormbreaker just taking down the the, the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, Should have went yeah. for the head. He slammed him in the <laughs> chest. And be like, it's, it, he won. This is it. The movie's okay. All right. And then he's like, should have gone for the head. And the snap happens, and you see everyone start dissolving. And I'm like, 
Oh yep. my god, they, they went They're... so much harder than I was expecting. Spider-Man just died. The whole Guardian. <laughs> died. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. They even killed off the fan favorite who was Black Panther. Like, cause Black Panther, that that movie, they were big. And I remember people were freaking out, like, yo, like they were like, it they're like, is like is like Chadwick's like contract actually done? I was like, yo, it's like guys know but like yeah. a lot of people don't even talk about dr strange about the role that i mean having benedict cumberbatch and, and and robert downey jr together was such a perfect collaboration for a freaking yeah. scene and they ate up every single one man oh my gosh by the way that was my favorite like dynamic between the whole movie was well spider-man iron man and dr strange like following them was my favorite also just because Iron Man and Spider-Man are my favorite characters, like, period. Um, you know, Doctor Strange, you know, his Benedict Cumberbatch, perfect. Like, oh, their synergy on that spaceship was perfect. And, like, talk about the ballsiness of the ending. Like, this is the only Marvel movie where the protagonists lost. Yeah. And that shit was insane. And that's what set up Endgame to be so fucking crazy. Yeah, yep. and it was it was a very. I remember when the movie ended, and I'm like, I already know what's coming. I know what what they're doing with Endgame, and they're bringing everyone back. I understand this, but the it was like a the audience was completely shocked. <clears throat> like there, nobody was talking when I was walking out of the theater, and I'm like, they did something very unique here. This is something else. Um, but also, like I I did. It was one of the first times that I actually truly appreciated Doctor Strange in the MCU. I, I love Doctor Strange in the comics, but the, the Doctor Strange movie deviated a lot from the source material. Thank you. And oh, thank you for saying I had that, some, bro. I had some big issues with that because I, I, I in the comics, Doctor Strange could use magic to materialize physical objects. But in the movie, it yes. was, I'm going to materialize energy that looks like these things. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. And they actually fixed that for the Infinity War when he actually is making weapons that look like weapons. Right. And now they're doing it for like realsies and the rest of the Doctor Strange stuff. He's actually doing it like the comics. But... um. I really appreciated him in this movie, and I, the line where he says, "Oh, we're using our made-up name, made-up names now." I'm Spider-Man. Like that was one of the moments where I'm like, "Okay, I, I kind of like Tom Holland Spider-Man now. This works." <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Nah, dude, not nah. the most freaking hilarious part was when um was when the uh, Guardians uh, first come and Doctor Strange is like, "Who do you serve?" And the Staller said, "What do you mean, Jesus?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, man! That movie was, like, that from movie was amazing. I'm from Kansas. That's on Earth, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It's a good movie. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. And I liked oh, how what a great time. They were smart enough to allow the people who made these characters worth watching to be in the writers' room to make the characters still worth watching. Like having James Gunn be overseeing the scripting part for the Guardians scenes. That's the only way you can do the Guardians. Yeah. So. It worked very well. <clears throat> Agreed. You know, I, I I wish the Russo brothers were still a part of the MCU. By the way, Stevie uh, and Taylor, you might know this too, but did did Jeff Loveness have a hand in writing out Phase Four? I don't think so, but let me check. I mean, because who the hell wrote Phase Four? Jesus. Well, so Jeff Loveness, <laughs> I know that he's he is part of Quantum Mania and a few other things, but I don't think he's he's 
been there the whole time. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure he's just jumped on now. Yeah, because Kevin Feige said that he has most of the MCU planned out in post notes in his office. Yeah. So you can kind of attribute it to the weird storytelling to Kevin Feige's. Now we can do this, so let's open up this floodgate, and he can just like yeah. start slapping posts all over his wall. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think he's been as integral to the whole thing as he is lately. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure Phase Four was written in house, though. I'm pretty sure they weren't. Yeah. Phase Four. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was written in house, and and I'm pretty sure. Sh- and I I know with Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, they gave Taika Waititi like free reign, and that's a lot of the reason why like that movie failed. Um, but yeah, man, it, very it, interesting. Okay. Sorry, what's name? Isn't uh, what's his name? Yeah, isn't Taika Waititi doing the next Star Wars movies or something? He's doing a Star Wars movie, but not the next one. Okay. Yeah, like so giving how, him like a, how the I don't I don't think it's gonna go because Star Wars already passed on Kevin Feige and Patty Jenkins because they didn't like the final mm-hmm. drafts. And I think the only reason they haven't passed on Taika's is because it's not done, the, the draft isn't done yet. And once they see what it is, they may pass on it as well. So, I really hope so. I really hope so. Like well, Taika's, same here. Taika is really good when he's uh-huh. allowed full control from the ground up, but if you give him characters that pre exist, no. Like, if you watch projects like Go- Jojo Rabbit, like, yeah, he did a great job on that one. It was quirky, okay. it was weird, but it got very dark and very real when it needed to be. Um, and same with, like, uh, the, uh, oh, my God, I just forgot, the vampire one he did. <sighs> Taika's vampire movie. Hold on. Taika. Good Lord. There's a TV show for him in FX. Um, what we do in the shadows? Yes, uh, what we do in the shadows, which probably oh, people love that favorite vampire movies, and the TV show is absolutely hilarious because it's it's like a, a sequel to the movie. So, um, I think that Taika is good at what he does when he's allowed to be from the ground up, but don't give him anything pre-existing because he's going to defile it. So, right. <laughs> it's going to be like too Zach big Snyder. of a departure. Yeah. I like Zack Snyder. I know Taylor does too. (laughs) I love Zack Snyder, but I think that Zack Snyder, um, the biggest issue with Zack Snyder's movies isn't that they're not good, is that they're made for a specific group. And yeah, uh, general audiences didn't take to it. So I think that was the big issue is that you're trying to to fit a square in a round peg and it's not going to work. True. True. Good way to put it. All right. Now we are at number two. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting thin in here. The air is, I, I can't feel it in my throat anymore. All right. Cuts, comic cuts. What is your number two, my brother? Endgame. Endgame was epic. Like, it was a love letter to everything that came before it. You know, like Taylor was saying before, all the moments, you know, uh, Tony Stark, the Howard Stark. Uh, you know, that final battle scene was incredible. By the way, God of War Ragnarok, the ending felt like the ending of Avengers Endgame. Um, you know, like that final battle scene, you know, Tony Stark. Uh, I, I, I don't think this movie is as good on rewatches, even though it's still amazing on rewatches. But the surprise of Tony Stark, you know, I am Iron Man dying. You know, 
Captain America, you know, going back, living his life, aging himself, that final funeral scene, it just really hits. Um, and, you know, the time travel being like a complete adventure and even the way it opened up. Like, I like that they really kind of let us sit with, like, this was the effect of the Avengers losing to fucking Thanos. And, um, you know, like, uh, Natasha crying, Hawkeye becoming running, uh, like just everything. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I could praise this movie any more than I could. Uh, it would be my number one. If it's probably very obvious what my number one is, number one is right now. But, uh, yeah, I thought Endgame was incredible. And, you know, I know I said before about Iron Man, like Iron Man really kicked off the MCU. But the thing that like Endgame did and Infinity War is it really won over like just the hype of those two movies really won over the people who never watched a Marvel movie. Like I know a lot of people who when those movies came out, the hype behind that, you know, came about because of those two movies, they were like, okay, now I'm going to watch Marvel. And then they became really big Marvel fans. And then phase four happened. And they're like, let down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, dad right. was, my dad was a huge Marvel fan growing up. Thor and Iron Man mm. were his favorite characters. Um, and he said flat out after Endgame, he's like, I'm done. That was perfect. I don't want to watch Smart. anything else because it was. Wow. And he hasn't, wow. he hasn't picked up the newer stuff. So um, wow. I told him that I'll let him know when it's worth watching. Uh, no, no, I didn't watch Doctor Strange. Um, Great and I movie. did get him to watch uh, uh, Spider-Man because he liked uh, the other heroes. And so I got him to watch the new one. Okay. But he hasn't like he hasn't committed to anything. He doesn't want to watch. He, he said he will not watch Love and Thunder because he loves Thor and the trailer really put him off. So I'm like, good. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, smart. Smart. Uh, it was brutal. But um, yeah, I think I'll try to get him on a few other things. I think I'll try to sit him down with Loki and see if he likes that. So. Oh, what a great show. Loki's a good so one. Good. Loki's hard to, to deny that it's fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. All right. What is your no, number two, bro? Oh, we already talked about it, Infinity War. We talked about it when you brought it up. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> true. Oh, gosh. All right. My number two is uh, The Winter Soldier. Um, I mean, we 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 are already talked about it, but I'll just leave I'll just leave it here Um, to, to think that one. we can talk a lot uh, about that. All right, yo, dude. Okay, so to think that we had two directors who were really like comedy actors come in and create a masterpiece like this is still an anomaly to me. Yeah. Um, segment off of community under this. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's it's it's, it's like how and what like how, how how do you know this? It's just not. It, it should be impossible. Um, and I and like not to also mention that um. Now this is my favorite Captain America costume. I love the darker tones with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, silver. That is my favorite suit of all time for Cap. I also was a little. There's only one disappointment that I have, and it is because I do not. I did not ship the Natasha Romanoff and the Bruce Banner relationship. I thought that n- 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 I thought that Natasha and Steve were kind of going to build something and and like they kind of just left it there. Wasn't really a big fan of that. But I mean, let's just talk about the beginning. I mean, Nick Fury in this film, the fact that like 
this man dies, it comes back to life. I mean, which is pretty a pretty Nick Fury thing to do, obviously. But I mean, the whole entire movie, like, I mean, the opening scene, like when he just telling him and like Natasha just having a convo of like, yo, like I just don't go on dates because I'm too, I have stuff going on, and then bros just jumps off a plane with no parachute, <laughs> like, like it's just, oh, it's just, it's just nuts. And then like I even read member coming off the avengers high and i'm pretty sure you guys were on that as well we go into freaking wait doesn't thor dark world come off first or no um i think uh i think the release order was uh iron man 3 thor the dark world and then we had <clears throat> captain, america. captain america the winter soldier yeah, yeah because yeah so my dad is the biggest Chris Evans fan ever. I don't know why, but the <laughs> Fantastic Four, for some reason, Chris Evans and 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 as a Human Torch stole my dad's heart. He's one of the biggest Chris Evans fans, and my dad just kept talking to me about the freaking Winter, uh, the 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 Winter Soldier film, and I just will never forget the freaking boat scene. When he's on that yacht or or whatever, and he's just taking out people, just running by, speaking the crap out of them. One of the most memorable scenes of all time. But I also love how they managed. Solid yeah. too, by the way. Yes, yes, and I also love how they managed to pull off a political thriller that touched on a topic which was really about just like how much power like can the, like will the government have to like wow to like watch over us and stuff. But they pulled off this political thriller with stellar action while furthering a story while giving us the winter soldier i mean i just this movie's perfect i mean it really I, is perfect yeah it's the movie's I, freaking like i ah. love it so much but i also it also has given me a lot of things to to tease people with and um, I have a lot of references that I like to play off it. Like my wife, we have a pool at our house, and every time she like goes swimming and like she'll get out and her makeup's running, I'm like, hey, hey, who the hell's Bucky? <laughs> and she's like, stop it! <laughs> like she gets mad at me or something like that. Because yeah. like, yeah, I I I love that Robert Redford signed on to be the villain. That you don't get that with Robert Redford, and he killed it. He killed it. And I remember when I saw that movie, and that scene happens. Where he's like sitting there in his kitchen, the Winter Soldier's sitting there, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna kill him. Then he sits down and he says, uh, we have to move the timeline up. I'm like, oh my god. Like that was one of the first times I'm like, I was not expecting that. Like the head yeah. of Shield is Hydra. Oh my god. Like that caught me off guard. Um, and the fact that like like I said, movies and consequences, the movie ended with Captain America dismantling the America's like intelligence system like he basically just said oh by the way cia fbi nobody it's it's broken now it's all gone yeah. and i'm like oh my god that's the most captain america thing he's done in these movies was destroying the government that was not his government anymore right right it was perfect and that just the action throughout the whole movie was insane i mean that fist fight between bucky and cap in the street was it's still like <laughs> Come on, MCU! You had you, yeah. you greatness. Just keep doing that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's yes. crazy, like you know how they just did hit after hit after hit, and now Phase Four is like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it did. Do wait, he? Oh, sorry, Kigo. Sorry, it feels like it feels like the, the Phase Four has 
two movies that almost everyone loves and there's no debate around and those are no way home and shang chi and like you know i know there's some people that really like multiverse of madness uh and we spoke about this recently like and i didn't know this until stevie told me but yeah taylor i'm sure you're aware you know multiverse of madness they had in the can finished and america chavez was supposed to be in no way home and then they put her in the multiverse of madness like what the hell you know, um, but Multiverse of Madness should have been up there with No Way Home and Shang-Chi and have been an undisputed, should have been an undisputable hit. I mean, I love Multiverse of Madness. I love that, 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 that movie. The only thing that pissed me off while we're here about Doctor Strange, why is this man not the Sorcerer Supreme? Come on. Like, can we just get that, bro? Uh, yeah, sorry. It's that, that, that gets me very angry. Ugh. All right, Taylor. Do you have anything to say? Did Did, did you like Multi Verse of Madness? I actually really did. Um, yes. I love Multi Verse of Madness. Um, it's a very, it's a, it's probably the most Sam Raimi movie. Sam Raimi's Sam Raimi has made since The Evil Dead. Um, and I, I love that movie. Um, my only complaint was that for a movie called The Multiverse of Madness, we only went to two different worlds. Like we needed a little bit more. It's a good point. Um, but uh, seeing uh, Professor X come down with an orchestrated X-Men 97 theme song was like, oh, my God, my childhood. Here we go. Like, because <laughs> like, I used to watch that show live on Fox in the mornings. Like, that was my, my jam as a kid. So, uh, yeah, it was it was super good. Um, I'm, I'm bummed out that the pandemic screwed everything up because that movie was supposed yeah. to be bigger. Um, I mean, we we lost the chance of having uh, Balder, the son of Odin, being on the yes. Illuminati. We lost uh, Obadiah Stane being on the Illuminati. We lost so much uh, by just by the pandemic ruining the filming. So and Balder was going to be Daniel Craig, Craig. right? Yeah. What? Oh man! Yeah. Oh, oh dude, Craig that hurts. That hurts in the soul. It does. It does. Um, but so much of that movie got destroyed because of the pandemic. So, I mean, that's why they shifted uh, Spider-Man to before it and why we had America Chavez go from being in both films only to one film because they were supposed to have Spider-Man afterwards and she was supposed to carry over into Spider-Man and then be the reason why the other two Spider-Mans show up, but they couldn't do that because they're like, oh no, now we have to change the release dates because they're not going to be ready in time. And so let's just cut out all of that stuff and let's, let's just put, uh, let's give Ned magic powers and he'll just pull it. <laughs> um, but no, it was, uh, I liked it for what it was. Bet. All right. Um, okay. So now, guys, we, we are at number one. Now, we already know. Yeah. Taylor, Taylor's number one is the Winter Soldier. What is your number one, bro? Infinity War. Uh, <laughs> yeah, start to finish, just like an adventure through and through. You know, uh, Russo Brothers did like the best writing on Thor, uh, you know, and, um, you know, like I said, Iron Man, that Thanos fight was incredible. The only movie where the Avengers, they literally fucking lost, you know, but I kind of gave my piece on this movie already, uh, you know, so. 
but yeah, yeah. I, I, for me, like that's my <clears throat> favorite MCU movie. My my big gripe with Infinity War was them changing things at the last minute. Um, the fact that they took out what could have been one of the greatest Hulk scenes in the MCU was a bummer. And then the fact that the next movie they just they explained it away off camera, which was such a frustrating bit. Because um, originally, I mean, you can see the deleted scene online. You can find it. Okay. When Hulk was fighting. He basically convinced the Hulk to become one with him. He broke out of the Hulkbuster suit as the Hulk. And then when Natasha's trying to do the, it's getting real dark here. And he's like, no, Natasha, it's fine. And she's like, oh, my God, you can talk. And he's like, you <laughs> understanding. We're one person now. Like, that would have been such a crazy moment on film. But instead, we just had this, like, diner conversation where they're like, I just mixed it together. Boom. Yeah, yeah. I'll like, put the no. brain in the broad. <laughs> we had such a great moment where he basically told the Hulk, I'm done fighting you. You're part of me. Let's be one. And then they threw yeah. it away for it. They never really utilized the Hulk. But didn't something just happen with, like, the rights over the Hulk? Not really. It's not done no. yet. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of but people it's, talking it's, about it, but it hasn't happened yet. Okay. So, dang, bro. All right, Infinity War with the Winter Soldier. And mine's is obviously Avengers Endgame. That's my favorite <clears throat> MCU film of all time. I just that, – that movie has the best music I've ever heard in any movie since freaking Star Wars. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, I, for some reason, those, those scores just – it just does something to me. It puts me in a freaking trance. Um, fun fun fact: uh, my wife walked down to the Avengers theme for our uh, wedding, actually, and I broke down crying. And I'm not sure if I broke down because of the theme song and thinking of Tony <laughs> passing, or because she was just beautiful walking down the aisle. Still trying to uh, figure that out. Just kidding. But no, um, I the answer is the yeah. wife was beautiful. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Emily, if you're watching, you were gorgeous. That's why I cried. I'm kidding. Um, don't, don't kill me tonight. Um, so I am I am a sucker for like nostalgia and and I am a sucker for time. I'm a time traveling kind of a guy. So this was like this just fit for me perfect. Um, I love the way that time travel was put in this film. Um, I am happy that like we didn't go like like the old school type of time where like i can go back in time and 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 if i make my dad s scratch his nose then i'm like never born i'm glad it's not that type of time uh travel I, I i i love how simple it was and i do feel like in this phase that we're in now it's starting to get a little more complicated like i understand it but it's hard for me to explain it to other people but um yeah man i i just love this film inside and out and i mean the greatest ending of all time. The greatest ending of all time. I mean, um, were you guys expecting Tony Stark to do the snap? Because I wasn't. I was. I was. Not. You was? But, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I am really not happy with what they've done with Cap afterwards. I kind of wanted Cap to still be involved in the MCU, even as old man Steve. But in regards to how it serves the film, I mean, this is like, it's it's the most perfect way that you can go and i'm so happy this might sound bad but i'm so happy that natasha got killed off um i i, I going into the film i thought it was going to be hawkeye but um 
I'm just so happy that like they gave them a motivation to like actually try to get things done because it kind of seemed like through the first two uh, Benders films, they came out basically unscathed. You know what I mean? Like 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 no one really got hurt like to that degree. And so coming out knowing that like that like that like Natasha's going and there's no coming back. Like she's done. Um, I I, I thought. I thought that that was a uh, very awesome. So yeah, I mean, this mo- movie is great. I mean, there's no other way to uh, put that. And I definitely do have some have some gripes with the film. Professor Hawk to me was just the worst. Um, I don't know why. It just I, it just didn't hit well. Would be Fat Thor. Why the heck? Why when he? Why would you not? When he gets both hammers, like come on, he's still he's still fat, bro. Come come on, man. Like come on. It just looked weird when he was even fighting. I mean, it was just, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. But it was I mean, funny yeah. though in the beginning part of the movie, like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah but like, when is well, like we're getting serious, and this man legit is still fat. I'm like, bro. Yeah, and yeah. apparently, originally he was supposed to get back to God Bob, but Chris Hemsworth wanted Thor to stay fat, and he begged them to stay fat, and so that's why he <laughs> stayed fat. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I just don't get, like Kevin Feige. Come on, but I nah, mean, movie is uh this movie is great. I mean, and what a what what a mo- what a perfect ending. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue. It's 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 a good ending. It's it's a great movie. Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can't really argue with it, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. No debate to be had. Exactly. So. Guys, after two hours and twenty-four minutes, we gave you guys our our top ten. Um, guys, uh, do 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 me a favor if you if you are on Instagram, if you're on Twitter, if you are on YouTube, please follow the culture. They put out great content. Um, they have like they have become my news source, and uh, I really just got I just started getting into their uh their uh podcast, and they just give out so many great gems, and you guys and. If you want to be tuned in, that's where you need to be. All right, you need to be watching them and literally. I mean, they're they're, they're like they're always active on Instagram. Like they're always posting. So please give them a follow, uh, Taylor, and bro. By thank the way, you. Yeah, Taylor but, is the king of Q and A. I try. Yes, to be. I just I just try to be real with people. <laughs> Much respect to it. Yes, his his Q and As are fire. So. I mean, so yeah. I do them until they tell me I can't do anymore. And apparently, I think Instagram has a a, a cap at a hundred questions. Oh wow! Really? I didn't know that. So as soon as I I get capped out, then it won't let me go any further. That's when I'm done. <laughs> so that's a that's a lot though. That just shows yeah. the dedication. hundred answers. Well, I tend to get way more than I can actually answer. So I always just go through and answer the best I can. Smart. That's awesome, man. All right, great, perfect. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for hopping on, bro. Like, we really thank appreciate you. you hopping on. Um, thank you so much. And guys, remember, guys, live your life. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't really say anything <laughs> inspirational. <laughs> guys, just have a wonderful night. Stay crispy. Make sure you eat your protein. All right. Make sure you eat some broccoli tonight, some chicken, some rice. Eat some healthy. You know what I mean? We uh we we uh prioritize health around here. So we love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a wonderful day. Peace.